And you know what? It's funny. Everybody talks all that shit, all that married at first sight shit about Mirla. Uh-huh. And how it, you know, how, you know, Gil's just salty because Mirla got a, Mirla likes the finer things in life and all that shit. All that shit she talked. Man. In retrospect, people were like, you know, for her to have talked all that shit, Mirla's outfits, uh, nothing, her hair, she was never just bussing. No, she wasn't. I mean, she's not ugly, but she's not she's not ugly. popping like that. No, what I mean is, like, for her to all be always talking about what she has and always be talking about, I, I spend this much on a shopping spree, yeah. this, that, and the third, that was never reflected on the show. Yeah, I mean, having expensive taste does not necessarily mean having good taste. <laughs> I mean, you, that is not the right sound effect <laughs> at all. You can still... <laughs> You can still be flea market fresh at a premium. You, you ain't know. never lying. Like you know, you can't you can't be talking shit to a man about what you like, and you know you you talking you talking shit like you at Tiffany's, but you dress in city trends. Ah, see, I, I hate to, do that. I hate to sound elitist, but when you grow up poor, um, your, your tastes a lot of times don't really change. Your 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 tastes are still poor, even though you got money. Mark Zuckerberg was a motherfucker with flip flops, you know, and kept being a motherfucker with cargos and flip flops. But Mirla definitely turned out to be the villain that she wanted to be. Ooh wee! She did your boy dirty, and you know, a, a real villain. How the fuck this bitch? I'd be so mad. How the fuck you? Ha- how the fuck you tell me you don't like dogs? Yeah. Put me in a position where I have to get rid of my dog, and then when we break up, your ass pop up with a dog. Now, by dog, do you mean Johnny or a real dog? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He is following her around like a sad little puppy. Boy, he's he's following all of them around. You you saw that picture where he was just the one dude and all with all the girls. Yeah, he just had that. Someone give me some pussy face. Someone, anybody, please. Just a just a smidget. I'll do just, anything. Just just a smidget, good madam. Someone. Like my nigga from from the Popeye cartoons, I'll gladly pay you back Wednesday. Lisa, <laughs> could you please spare another <laughs> tiny tail? Look at that. The following content is nigga tested, nigga approved. Start the show. Put it through the nigga test. It's got to. And, and always approved by two niggas. Those two niggas being us. That is correct. That is correct. Every time. Fails the Bechtel test every time. <laughs> oh, God. I would hate to put an episode that show up against yeah. the Bechtel test. Sweet Jesus. <laughs> Holy shit. Nah. That'd be embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, it would not, it would not happen. We'd also very likely be drunk, so we wouldn't give a fuck. Also true. Um, niggas plus information plus alcohol equals opinions. While black, your black ass cheat sheet for the week in foolishness and fuckery. I am your boy Oz. I am still the summer soldier. You know? <laughs> still podcast with one hand tied behind my back. 
Well, you know, we're we're podcasting with with limitations right now. Yeah. Um, we are not drinking. You're not drinking, obviously, it's because not a you're limitation. Medicating. It's not a limitation. We'll see. <laughs> I mean, being sober has you know a certain clarity to it. It has its advantages. It's true. <laughs> But you know, it's funny. People don't realize I drink hella water. Yeah. Like when I'm not doing this podcast, I drink tons of water. Like my, like Randall will tell you, I I have my water jug with me. It's a respectable size jug, sir. It is. It is a cast iron, respectable, triple walled, uh, water bottle, and it is serious. Um. It, it, this is that's my day, and I and I usually polish that off, and then the rest of my day I'm on sparkling water. Oh, sparkling water. What, what's, what's your brand? Bubbly, bubbly, bubbly is. Um, they had a stupid ass commercials with Michael Bublé, ah, confusing okay. his name with it. Okay, it's pretty good. It's what um, Lacroix wants to be. Okay, you know when that, it grows up, another Pellegrino man. See, I buy I buy my sparkling water in bulk, mm-hmm. like on Amazon, like the in the eighteen packs. Mm-hmm. Pellegrino's kind of expensive to do that with. Okay, so you're not mirrorless, then you're not. No, nah, I know. You're no, not looking for the finer sparkling waters in life. No, I ain't mirrorless. And, and, and just one more thing about Mirla. She's one of those chicks. I I grew up with chicks like this. She's one of those chick, chicks. She talks all that shit about about uh. uh not fucking with broke people this, broke people that, and all that shit. At the end of the day, if the if the mouth if the mouthpiece is right, mm. she gonna take the same broke dick as everybody else. <laughs> I, I'm just telling you, that I, is true. That <laughs> is true. They're the ones that talk all that cash shit. But if the pipe is right, the they be there every night. Right. They be there every night. Sounds like the title of a car song. The pipe is right. Shout out to DJ Cosmos. The pipe is right. Come on down. No. Unrelated. Um, unrelated. Unrelated. Have you heard all this slander about Nancy Reagan lately? Fam. <laughs> The internet is undefeated. The internet is undefeated, and I love it because y'all would not, y'all won't let anything go. <laughs> Nancy Reagan been firmly in the ground for some time now, <laughs> and you little nigglets could not resist unearthing her, unearthing her corpse just to dance all over it, calling her the throat god. <laughs> What the fuck is wrong with y'all? I saw a post that said trickle down economics. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. That is a good one. I love it. Oh man. Oh man. We we all over the place. You know what? Dare takes on a whole new meeting now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Y'all ain't right. Yeah, I just want y'all ain't right at all. Um so yeah, I'm going. I'm, I'm going without the without the alcohol this week. Dick and the right esophagus. Oh. <laughs> there. <laughs> oh, y'all cold bloody for that. I just made. I just made that. Up. Oh, you just came up with the- <laughs> bars. You ain't right. <laughs> you ain't right. Water. Um. 
and this is how we and this is how we are sober. Yeah, just letting you know. Hey, they let. I don't. A lot of people say you know. I take it back. This isn't limiting. Y'all might have just let the tigers out of the cage. <laughs> just saying. Who knows? Um, shout out to the new listeners. Mm. What the fuck are y'all doing here? It's not too late. And have, were y'all tested before y'all came here? <laughs> did, did, did you get the swab? <laughs> oh, PCR man. test. Because yeah, it, it's not too late. Yeah, y'all are. Mm. It's not too late. You can you can still run. Good luck. <laughs> it, I'm telling you, they friends just refer them, drop them off, and leave them here. Mm. That's the <laughs> that's the real opinions while black experience. That's just being left somewhere you don't know what the fuck is going on. It's one of those posts where they go post this to someone without an explanation, <laughs> and then just run. And just run. Shout out to the new listeners. Shout out to the old listeners. The day ones, the last days, the the first time, long times. All you niggas. Shout out. To um, a young lady, a, a young New Yorker by the name of Nikki over at Here's Looking at You Film Podcast. Ah. Uh, I stumbled upon this one. It's pretty good. Um, this is not This is not an ad. At the same time, I feel like, I feel like independent up-and-coming podcasters should also be bigging up each other's shit for free. Absolutely. I do. That that is community, ladies and gentlemen. Um, here's looking at you podcast. Here's looking at you film podcast was actually pretty good. Um, it's her potting solo, uh, which is I think is always incredible. I don't know how people do that. Um, potting solo, basically recapping in a more modern millennial uh, modern sensibility, but lighthearted kind of way some classic films um she's a she's a hitchcock fan i can tell hmm. but um the first episode i listened to i listened to her going over uh she's got to have it which i've always thought is a unique piece of spike lee's filmography the movie not the series the movie okay. not the series yeah. the series the series is all right for what i watched i watched the first season um, but the film I think is the really unique gem, especially for its time, yeah. uh, visually, thematically, so forth and so forth. I, I I always thought that was a very interesting movie, um, throughout Spike Lee's, um, repertoire. Um, it's, and I have to say, she's really engaging. She's really entertaining. Potting solo is something I always give a lot of credit for. Because when you're potting with somebody, you have an idea of how what you're saying is going to come out mm -hmm. or how or how it's going to be received. When you're potting solo, you're just trying a lot of shit. Yeah. And a lot of it's hit or miss. And you don't know where that's going to. That's a very adventurous, ballsy thing to do. A lot of her stuff hits because. She kind of has her finger on the pulse. She's, you know, she gets it. Yeah. And um, I, I I commend her for that. So, um, you know, shout out to you. Hit, hit Nikki with the air horns. Yeah, yeah. Definitely deserve the air horns. Uh, yeah, women, women podcasting in New York. I don't know what it is. <laughs> um, flowers. 
flowers go out um go to Cheaty eBay. Did I get that? That is correct. Cheaty eBay, who is a med school student? Twenty five year old medical school student. Twenty five year old med student, um who for a project ended up doing um uh a diagram of a a human in pregnancy and did a black fetus drew a black fetus. Mm-hmm. I think this is incredible, and it, it's so. It doesn't sound like much when you, when I explain it, but I think it's so important because we talk a lot about representation, mm-hmm. and we talk a lot about um, seeing ourselves reflected in every aspect of what we do, just like the white people do. Yeah. Nobody ever thought, what about life after conception? Yeah, and, and it was one of those things, and I think everyone has had the same reaction to it of, this is not something that I thought I needed to see until I saw it. And what what makes it even more amazing to me is that he's only been illustrating for about a year. He's, he's a self-taught medical, medical illustrator, and he studied drawing human anatomy and all of his figures happened to have black skin. It was just the thing that he did. Again, right. realizing that there wasn't you know, representation for us. And that's that's a huge thing. It's one of those subliminal things that you may not notice um, that does resonate with people when they see it. I, and, and it's very impressive. And I've seen, uh, I've seen it making the rounds on uh, social media. A lot of people are very impressed with it. Um I I really hope this is just the beginning for the kid, yep. and you know. It, but if it's but it, if he never if he never does another landmark thing, he is firmly cemented in the culture. Well, he's about to go to medical school in the Ukraine. Okay, so, so he's even making stupid amounts of money. Stupid amounts of money. Jesus. Hey, he's got a fully connecting beard. Give that man hit him with the air horns. Yeah, full and connecting beard clan. Y'all don't know about that, Nathan. <laughs> yeah, I said it. Um, poor Nathan. Hmm? Poor Nathan. He don't know what he's in for, man. If y'all been keeping up with Insecure, you know what we're talking about. Nathan don't know. He don't know. He doesn't know. He 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 doesn't know he's the placeholder. That sucks. That sucks when you're in that relationship and you finally realize you're the placeholder. I think he kind of knows, though. I, I don't know. I don't know. I he 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 feel he looks really emboldened every time I see him. Now he he just casually walking around walking around the chick house naked, just setting him up for the fall. Using using it, leaving all this shit there. Oh man, he don't know. He don't know. Oh, I feel bad for him. I feel bad for him. Shout out to my Houston nigga, man. Yeah. Um, and shout out to Kendrick Sampson in real life because that that is a real Mo City nigga. Yes, sir. Got no, got no. Went to I think he was in like Puerto Rico. No, he was in like Cuba or somewhere, somewhere where he got into a fight with local law enforcement and slapped yeah. the shit out. The, he slapped the shit out that cop. He's a bit bolder than I am. I mean, they I mean, they hemmed him up, and they were going to hem him up, but just off the strength, just slapped the shit out that cop boy. I, I saw that. 
Um, going on to humans ain't shit, y'all. It, it, well, let me some setup in case y'all didn't know. Um, the Netflix version of the legendary anime Cowboy Bebop uh, was canceled. Not terribly surprising. Yeah. I I didn't think it was bad. It also wasn't doing for me what I watched Cowboy Bebop for. Right. Um. So I was like, I you know, if if, if y'all are feeling it, great. I it I watched an episode or two, and it just wasn't doing. It wasn't giving what it was supposed to give for me. It felt too American. Mm. Um. There's just some. There's just some things about Japanese content that just does not translate well for some reason. There there are certain things about this show. Oh, I, I, actually, I'll let you get to your humans ain't shit portion first right. and then we'll and then I'll deep dive. And so I know a lot of people a lot you know people wanted to give it a chance and when it didn't quite curl all the way and it ended up getting canceled some of the snobs showed up and decided it, talking all this cash shit. Well, um, the audience just doesn't get it because um, they um, well, 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 they don't get it because you know they they don't understand. They don't want to admit that Cowboy Bebop actually isn't that good, and they don't want to admit that Cowboy Bebop actually, um, for your information, um, it's actually the directors were trying to they were trying to make you understand. That that it's actually very kitschy and and you just don't like seeing it in live action or whatever, <sighs> fam. <sighs> if if that is true, <laughs> if that is the audience, if the audience isn't is is missing the forest for the trees or whatever bullshit the snobs are saying, that ain't their fault. That that just means that the creators were not reading the room. Fun fact: it is never the audience's fault, ever. You you can't blame the audience for the success or the or you can't blame the audience for the failure of an idea. If it doesn't resonate, it just doesn't resonate. And you and I have talked before. Like yeah. Cow- Cowboy Bebop is one of those properties that's been in some stage of development for damn near twenty years, decades, and it's it's a very difficult property to translate from whatever appeal it had in its in its anime form into live action. Like, there are just certain stylistic elements that you cannot translate into live action, which attracted people to that cartoon to begin with. Right. I mean, you can bring in Yoko Kano to do the music again. The music is still dope. Yeah. But there are just certain stylistic things that you can't replicate with live action. And, and unfortunately, it seems that it suffered because of that and 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 at the end of the day once you release something out there into the world it's not yours anymore Mm -hmm. and you don't get to control the narrative of how people are receiving it right um you know you can say this with anything i say this a lot about donda um you don't get to release it and then tell me i don't have the proper stereo equipment to listen to your shit a lot of people that listen to your shit probably don't either. 
you still have to make something that slaps even in the face of that. Proper listening equipment for Donda is a trash can with a string. (laughs) (laughs) And I know that not having heard a single note of it. (laughs) Um, You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Um, There are a lot of people who are going to disagree with my hot... With with our hot take, but fuck that. Fuck Kanye, fuck Donda, fuck his discography. Fuck Garbage. Him. Fuck him. Fuck his little fucking waiter-ass boots. <laughs> <laughs> fuck his height. All of that to say, if we really want to talk about the problems with an audience, allow me to turn the microscope back onto the snobs. Because... There's a difference. There are critics, and then there are snobs. The job of the critic, and the problem, and part of the problem is, is that too many snobs are starting to think that they're critics because of their snobbery. Mm-hmm. Your snobbery doesn't make you a critic. You and the ability to look and tell people what you see is what makes you a critic. I know this myself being a comic critic, um, despite some fucking loser calling. Well, I'm not going into that. Um, I, it's And it's interesting because, by the way, this is episode 163. 163 in the place to be. Uh, we, we totally didn't do that. But um, one of my things about snobs versus critics is that The job of the critic, like I said, is to look and describe what they're looking at and tell you what they see and say, this is worth your time. This is not worth your time. Yeah. The job of the snob is to shut the fuck up and be told how to think and how to be hip according to the critic. Yeah. I mean, critics... That's what snobbery is. If a critic is doing what they should be doing, then, then yes, they are. They are dissecting. They are dissecting something, you know, based on certain criteria and, and, and its merits and whatnot, and then giving an inf- informed opinion um, as to whether or not this thing is worthy of viewing. And they're they're typically impartial. And they typically don't include a bunch of, you know, addendums on, well, it should have been better by doing this and, and doing that and whoop-de-whoop, and it's not canon. But most importantly, they don't blame the audience. Correct. They don't That's, blame the audience. And they don't, they don't make fools. They don't try to make fools and rubes out of the readers. Shout out to my boy Tim, the people's critic, one of the best critics out there. Folk would be. Also, shout out to Scott Woods, one of my favorite critics of all time. Um, man, the man can tell you the the man can involve cultural movements and involve um, things affecting the culture without insulting everybody who's reading his shit. Mm. Um, which I would not think is a unique talent, but apparently it is. And too many snobs have been listening to critics, and it's led them to believe that they too can be snobs. Mm-hmm. Not unlike people who watch who watch enough Pitch Perfect and decide that they too can sing outside of the shower. Having an opinion does not make you a critic. It doesn't. But it can make you an asshole. It usually makes you an asshole. Um, 
I advise the snobs to shut the fuck up and go back to letting the critics do their job. The one that they're paid to do. Yep. Um, and leave cow. And, and, and at the end of the day, after all the cake and watermelon or whatever you want to call it, Cowboy Bebop is not going away anytime soon. This is the most important thing. No matter all the arguing is just tangential compared to the because of the idea that Cowboy Bebop ain't going nowhere. One, you can just still go back and watch the cartoon, uh, which is on Netflix. Two, they will try again. I guarantee you this. They will try again. They've been trying to make Cowboy Bebop a thing for decades, and they're not going to stop just because some Netflix show didn't quite curl all the way. They will be back to this. Whether it's five years, whether it's ten years, they will try again. They've been trying to make Akira for like 30 years now. (laughs) Fam, they've been trying to make it. Akira has, has fallen. The rights to this shit have fallen in and out of hands for decades now. I believe Leo's... Uh, production company has the rights to it for a while. Leo, wa- yeah, Leo wanted to be uh, uh, Tetsuo so fucking bad. I, I don't know what it is with little white boys, with with tiny white boys that want to be uh, Tetsuo so bad. Because at one point, I think they were looking at Jake Gyllenhaal. At one point, they were looking at James Franco. Uh, at one point, they were looking at uh, another little another young kid, the the Into the Wild kid. Um, it, 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 might as well cast Scarlett Johansson and Emma Watson too. <laughs> oh, Morgan Freeman was gonna be the military guy for some fucking reason. I'm still waiting on the Tobey Maguire launch of a uh, Robotech fam that, that they were supposed to drop. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal was attached to that one at one point. <laughs> the whitest of white boys will always be attached to some. Yeah. Some anime that hasn't been green-lighted for Americanized viewing yet. Man, all I'm saying is, if y'all just picking anybody, we are available. Yeah, I I will gladly write the Robotech saga. Fam, I got a Macross Plus treatment for your ass. Oh, shit. I got... You gonna call it Black Cross? Black Cross Plus. (laughs) Can you hit me with the air horns? Black Cross Plus. I'm I'm doing it. I'm hey. doing. I'm writing that shit. As far as I'm concerned, Top Gun is one of my favorite movies. I consider Macross Plus to be the Top Gun of anime. Ah, like yeah. yeah. Oh man, that shit was lit. Yeah, I'll never forget that. Some of those fights, those dog fights were yeah. the truth. Oh man. Anyway, we'll and we'll get it. And there's a there's a listener letter question. We I suspect we will get into that later. Oh okay. Um, song of the week. How have I had a podcast for three and a half years and have not played Lenny Kravitz? Dang. And and not just any Lenny Kravitz. Post-Lisa Bonet Lenny Kravitz <laughs> is where the true art comes in. Like, I don't know what it is about Lisa Bonet's pussy game, but... Lenny Kravitz came out on the other side of that shit. A motherfucking artiste. Yeah. Yeah. And letting us know what type of time he on. Because that five album, 
the most R&B of his albums, that shit was fire. And it is because of that, and it's because it's about that time of year, some of y'all are snuggling, and others of y'all are pining away um, for people that are probably snuggling with, <laughs> with not you. But not you. <laughs> this is called Thinking of You by Lenny Kravitz. It's a nice little vibe. Go ahead, uh, pour yourself something, get comfortable. We're gonna have a good time. This is gonna be a good. This is gonna be a good episode. Yes, and we'll be back with more opinions while black. Let's go.
Thinking of you. And that was Thinking of You. Thinking of You. Uh by Lenny Kravitz from the Five album. Yeah. Uh so that's a bop. Can't nobody tell me that Lenny Kravitz wasn't sit was sitting in the studio listening to Maxwell at the time, Urban Hang Suite probably. Mm-hmm. Listening to that shit, which is another classic, and saying, "Yeah, I could get him the fuck up out of here. I get him. You know what? Close the door. Close the door. Turn that. Turn track five up. I'm gonna get him the fuck out of here. Watch. And like, because niggas weren't really originally fucking with Lenny Kravitz right off the muscle. Yeah, he wasn't really. I mean, his, his, we were trying to figure him out. Yeah, like he's black, but his music is not. It, but it's also doing something that we kind of like. Yeah, and it's familiar yet unfamiliar. Yeah. So we're trying to figure this out. I don't think you can really have a conversation about what we now call progressive R and B without Lenny Kravitz kind of being the black sheep of that family. He let you know on this album that Roxy Roker is his mama. <laughs> right. <laughs> Correct. This album's from his mama's side. Correct. Highly, highly R&B. Very R&B. Um, and, it, you know, well, I don't want to get all in my R&B bag, but this this album in particular was high, highly R&B, and we definitely have Lisa Bonet's pussy to thank for it. <laughs> I kid you not. Like... <laughs> The curative powers, I, I'm convinced that is Lisa Bonet's pussy that has kept Jason Momoa with a career. Look, I'm just saying, he's not the uh, he's not the strongest out there. <laughs> Lawrence in Olivier, he is not. He is not. Um, you know, definitely got to stay in that lane. The weight room, and uh, yeah. Yeah, hip-hop abs are his friend. Yes. Like, he's a like, like no, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do him like that. I'm not going to call him a likable Mark Wahlberg, but oh, no, no, I'm not. That's not right. No, I ain't going to do him like that because no, I'd rather watch a Jason Momoa movie than a Mark Wahlberg give, movie give any day of the week. That, I mean, I'm just saying you know, he's, he's from that, you know, he's from that swole cloth, you know, the Dave Batista's, the Dwayne Johnson's of the world where, you know, they just got to, all they got to do is just stay in the weight room and they'll be that's fine. True. And people won't expect much more of them. You know, the Henry Cavills of the world. They don't have to be good actors. It's true. They just have to be decent without a shirt on. You know, it's funny. During the break, (laughs) we were talking about R&B. And where the fuck? So, where the fuck is Robin Thicke? (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) Where the fuck did Robin Thicke go? You were talking about somebody that went the fuck away Mm -hmm. that just their stock plummeted Mm -hmm. all because man hey the last time i heard from him we talked about that last time i heard from him he married the uh he married the basically the white version of paula Patton. yeah i'll marry paula Patton, but all white but all white (laughs) that's cold yeah when when even pharrell does not acknowledge you anymore (sighs) that's a big deal Pharrell got the Mariah Carey face. I don't know him. <laughs> I don't know him. who. Blur. What are y'all talking about? As a matter of fact, there's too many questions. This interview's over. Yeah. Um. 
what is going on in the rundown? Let's see. Oh man. I hate the R the RIP section. It's necessary, but I hate when it's full. Um Demarius Thomas. RIP Demarius Thomas, uh formerly in my mind of the Denver Broncos, I believe. He had a pretty he had a pretty well rounded uh career. He played for about ten years. Um died in his house at thirty three. Mm. Um too fucking young. Way too young. Too young. Wake up call. Not I can't even just say it's a wake up call to take care of yourself, all that shit everybody says now. It's a wake up call to do whatever the fuck you want. I mean, yes, take care of yourself. But I was I had, it was a social media discussion about niggas being too old to rap. Fuck that. What? Fuck out of here. The most successful people in rap year after year are people over the age of 40. And y'all still say it's a young man's game. DMX, maybe he wasn't 40, but he got started mad. Like, he blew up mad late. Yeah. You know, it takes being in the business for quite some time and paying your dues, as they say, to really blow up unless the industry, unless you're now, now when you're young, the industry is just looking for you. They're, they're looking for you and they will create you if need be. Yeah. When you're young and, and when you're young, you could be hot right now. You can Correct. be hot for a solid year. Uh, there are very few young niggas that are doing it for more than like a, a year or two. I'll say they burn out fast. Right. For one reason or another. Ask Bobby Smurder. That nigga out. That nigga's out. I mean, Have you heard anything about his shit lately? He, I, I hate that I'm this guy, but he wasn't popping to begin with. No, he wasn't. Hot nigga was an okay song. the The dance, the little corny dance that he did, with, lasted with, longer than yeah. the song. And and the fact that we waited for his hat to come back from space was really <laughs> all that we cared about. But name another song by Bobby Smurder that y'all like. You cannot. You cannot. I you never, defy you. You, you. you cannot. Will. Um, so yeah, so that is my wake up call to me. If niggas are going to die at 33 in their house with all the money in the world, if our legends are dying in their fifties, uh, DMX, black Rob, Sean price was younger than that. Early forties. I encourage you to do whatever the fuck you want to do and, and do it now. Do don't hard. do it. Don't do it tomorrow. Do it now. Do it now. Call that call that girl up and tell her you want to put your tongue in her ass tonight. Okay. That was That was too personal. That escalated quickly. It's too personal. Yeah, that sounded uh self-referential almost. Well, she knows who she is. Anyway. Uh rest in peace okay. also to Greg Tate. Mm. Greg Tate was a um Pretty landmark culture, uh, cultural icon was a writer for the Village Voice, um, a critic for the Village Voice. Um, definitely will be missed as a writer. That's always hard to. That's all. It's always hard when the landmark writers go because I never feel like the landmark visionaries are being replaced. I mean, and I, I don't mean replaced in a cold sense. I mean like. 
who's going to carry on that fight? You know what I mean? Octavia Butler, who's carrying on that fight? Nobody. Well, I won't say nobody, but it's, it's I don't know. I, I And it's a whole thing that I could get into that I'll probably end up elaborating on a little bit on Patreon at some point. But I don't always feel like the visionaries are being replaced. Now, there are some writers out here handling their fucking business. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. Needy Okafor is out here handling her fucking business. Uh, um, oh, what's her name? Uh, N.K. Jemison is out here handling her fucking business. Yep, yep. So don't get me wrong. They're out here. But I want to see who's still, I want to see who's out here still moving, still moving the numbers and still moving the culture. Once that, once us being us being profitable and marketable has died down. Right. We're, because even in 2021, we're still riding that black, that black Panther wave. Yeah, that's true. I feel that way. We are still riding the black Panther wave. Black Panther, which is why everyone's so invested in the recasting or the not casting or whatever. Black Panther changed the landscape of the culture for now and for always and made us more obviously profitable or showed how profitable we could be when you shut the fuck up and get out of the way and let people do what they do. 100%. And we're still riding that wave. And and I'm not mad at it. I'm I'm not being a stick in the mud. Get your fucking coins out of it for all it's fucking worth. Raise your stock now. Do it now. Because they're gonna tr- because they're gonna try to pull the rug from under us. We see it already. Because either that or Black Panther Two is fucking cursed. We gotta see if Letitia Wright Letitia Wright gets vexed. Fam, we're talking about a quantum leap in the game of bag fumbling. We're talking about a pioneer in bag fumblingonomics. At the one yard line. At you talking about the last the last play at the end of Friday Night Lights? Just short of that motherfucker. I by the way, and I've said this before, and I won't make a thing out of it here. Watching Friday Night Lights as a grown man, the movie, fucking racist. Mm. I want to talk to some of them people that play the Dallas Carter. I do. <laughs> I do. What is it like to look at that movie and be viewed and be described as a dirty playing, physically superior thug, basically? Mm. That's it. Fam. They looked at the dude who, the one nigga on the team who never talks and said, what's it like out there, Ivory? He said, they big, they fast, they dirty. I'm never going to watch that again. <laughs> like, they really painted the motherfuckers out. To- anyway, 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 more rundown. 
Uh, I have to mention this one. She is not black, but I have to mention this personally. Anne Rice died. Oh, damn. Anne Rice died at 80? 80, something like that. Interview with a Vampire. Anyways. Interview with the Vampire was one, is my favorite book of all time. That is maybe something you did not know really? about Oz. Interview with the Vampire is my favorite book. Wow. Changed my life forever. Learn something new every day. Changed my life forever. It was the first time I had been acquainted. Because I was obsessed with vampire stories as a kid. Obsessed. Loved them. Oh, man. I watched all that shit. Like the Lost Boys. All that shit. Oof. I watched like OG Christy Swanson Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That's the only one that counts to me. <laughs> Sarah Michelle Geller shit don't. It didn't. It didn't uh, I, that was, that was kind of my shit, too. And Angel was my shit. And yeah, all that was my shit. Okay. Uh, but OG Christy Swanson Buffy, uh, Christy Swanson could get over Sarah Michelle Geller any day of the week. Um, but all that shit was my shit because of Interview with the Vampire, I, and not the movie. I didn't I didn't watch the movie until later in life. I was close to grown. That book taught me about what a, a, a different way to look at prose, a different way to look at what is now considered erotica, um, and just to a way to look at vampire lore. And not only that, interviewed the vampire very early before we had terms for it, taught me about gender fluidity. Interesting. You know what I mean? Like, if you ever watch, I mean, if you watch the movie, they delve into it a little bit. But if you if you look at the if you read the book, these are people that are have lived forever and eventually start looking at new ways to coin love and affection and sexuality and 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 it was very it was very interesting. Spent that whole part where they get to the circus and all that shit. Fam, and I think it informed low-key the way I view gender fluidity and non-binary and all that stuff now. Interesting. So that's a big deal, and Anne Rice is gone, and I'm a little tight about it. Thank you, Anne Rice, for your contributions. Even the silly-ass book where Lestat went to talk to Jesus. Um you can't win them all. <laughs> um, what else is going on? Meg the Stallion graduated from Texas Southern University. Yeah. In case you didn't hear me the first time, Megan Pete, aka Megan the Stallion, graduated from Texas Southern University. She can go back to scratch, uh, shaking that ass again. Man, you can see that ass through the. You could see that ass through the graduation gown. That's also true. My God. And and I'm excited about this. I'm not just excited about this because she graduated from the illustrious Texas Southern University. Mm. Suck my dick, PV. Oh. Um, I'm excited about it because, again, I keep saying, um... I keep saying that these generations of entertainers are getting smarter. Mm -hmm. 
Um, you can see it in sports. Marshawn. Yep. Smart as fuck with the money. Man. He knew the price was going up on his worth. And he made it work for him. Um, in basketball, these young these cats are smart. These cats are basically they, they basically unionize and they leverage their value to get things done in the community. They got a lot of they got a lot of people registered and they got a lot of people to the voting booth. Yep. LeBron is a is a champion in this field. 100%. And Megan the Stallion, it, people take for granted just cuz she hood and this that and the third. Sweetie's pretty smart. Pretty Sweetie's pretty fucking smart. She's classically trained in piano and all that shit. Fam, there's a random video, just random. I don't know if they fucking or not. Of her serenading Damson Idris on the piano. Franklin Saint got a lot of pussy coming his way, fam. I got to tell you, it, these British niggas is coming over here taking over. Snowfall is returning in January. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I have to start that show. I, I'm very interested. I have to start that show. I've, I'm, I've made it through like season one ish one and a half and okay i mean it's it's yeah it is that i haven't made it to the everybody's like oh season three season four oh i haven't made it to that part yet no, yeah I'm i keep hearing people to say it. that um but all that to say megan went and got a fucking degree yep. and, a, and a and a regular ass degree in some shit not you know communications Communications gets kind of over sensationalized. As someone that studied communications in college, gets a little over sensationalized in some regular shit, like where she can get a fucking job if this rap shit don't work and she doesn't have to sell herself on fucking love and hip hop. I'm, Not, pre- I'm pretty sure she's made enough money now that she never has to worry about that. This, but, is, this is also true. But she got the key is she got an education. She got an education, and it's a. It, you, it's I can't. I'm not even going to call it a backup plan. Mm-mm. It's a plan. That was probably Plan A. I'm, correct. And get, you know, a you get know, some of these coins, get some of these deals, get the fuck out of Dodge. You know, especially when you're from the hood. That's just your mama don't care how successful you you are. You better bring home that degree. Correct. Correct. That is there. Are, there are definitely houses that. Especially when you're on the south side. Especially on the south side, bro. I don't know what the fuck they're doing on the north side. Um, but like, but I appreciate that. And I and like I said, not that there's anything wrong with love and hip hop. Get them coins too. But there are some people that had to go that way because they got these deals and they were in the life and they were in the business from fucking 17 years old. And people were driving them to keep doing the thing, and not everybody and not everybody breaks. Not everybody does. Most people don't. As a matter of fact, most people do not. It doesn't happen for everybody. Fortunately, it happened for her. It happened for her in a way where she could maintain that body, the grades. See what you did never there. stop fucking touring and performing. 
Body yadi yadi the grades. Body yadi yadi the grades. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Ooh, I blew myself. <laughs> that was that was corny. That was corny. Um, and is is able to have something to fall back on. And has a Nike sponsorship, by the way. Oh my god, she's a twenty twenty one Nike yard runner. Body in that Nike Texas Southern University merch on the front page. <laughs> Of the website on the front page of the website, you know who I didn't see? Prairie View A and M. Uh oh, didn't see any. Didn't see them with any Nike merch. No, didn't. Didn't see, see Megan Thee Stallion rocking that shit. Mm. Don't nobody want to wear that bullshit. Damn, there's only one. T- there's only one fucking tiger in Houston, mm. and that's from the illust- the illustrious Texas Southern University. T S T S U U U I thought you knew, bitch. Is that, anyway. Is that like the official school chant? <laughs> oh my, oh, plus or minus the bitch. Okay. Um, what else is going on? Oh, Tank. I, I, I didn't mention this in early in the run, in when we talked about it in the rundown. Tank is going deaf. Mm. Tank is, it, it turns out Tank is, pro, he's retiring because he's progressively going deaf. Oh, damn. And... What I love about him and his spirit and his belief in the in the art form and being able to as an older as an older singer be a mentor to these youngsters is that he's not taking this as oh I'm in a race against time to 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 get my last little shot of the spotlight mm-hmm. or any of that shit. He's very much like he alluded to it before he even announced him. It was like, who's gonna take my who's gonna take my spot? Who's gonna inherit these wife beaters? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh, hit the the wife beaters Amen. takes the number the number one outfit of Tank and Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> Does Jaheim still have straight backs? Uh, who? Uh, that, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just curious. Um, I, so I like that he's still in that mentor mode, and he's still encouraging the youngsters to step up. He's doing a "Can We Talk" challenge right now, where he's got the youngsters stepping up to sing. Uh, to he's like, if you're not a real R and B singer, you can't sing. Uh, "Can We Talk" by Tevin Campbell. And I tend to agree with him. With no auto-tune, anything. No right. auto-tune, no reverb, none of that shit. Can we talk? And it's been some singing, boy. It is. Minute. It has been some, some of these, some of these uh, people you see all the time on IG. It has been some singing. Wanye Morris himself. With all his neck motion. <laughs> I've never seen a human being sing with his neck. That nigga as is much the, as Wanye. That nigga is the Devon Dudley of R&B. God. <laughs> Remember that nigga used to walk down the yeah. ramp just working that net nigga? Uh. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I remember a little wrestling. Um But I, I appreciate that about him. And and it, I crack jokes about Tank all the time. But his his impact on the genre can't be denied. He held down kind of more classic traditional R and B for way longer right. than he had any any right to. Right. And he is still holding that down and 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 he's one of the people that keep saying, 
R&B is not dead. We have progressive R&B, yes. But R&B is not dead. It's still niggas stepping up. Giveon is out here handling his business. Lucky Day is out here handling his business. Have you heard the new Lucky Day joint? Mm-hmm. The new Lucky Day joint is Candy Drip. Yes. Fucking fire. He's not playing. <laughs> Lucky Day. I don't usually do this until the year wrap up. Lucky Day is coming. Literally. I mean, he's, he's got, on his way. He's got a, he actually has a tour popping off early in the year. That's true. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, might have to, I might have to get tickets to that shit. Lucky Day is upon us. Like, mark my words. I told y'all. I told y'all what was happening with Summer. You didn't believe me. And it came to pass. I told y'all what was happening with Ari Lennox. You heard up late here first. Came to pass. Y'all gonna believe me about these young about these youngsters. Y'all re- I, honestly, you heard Lucky Day here first. He might have been the first person you played. Uh, 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 he was in the first ten that you played. It, it had to be. Yeah, had to be. Um, among uh, also Radio Galaxy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely somebody that who I who I championed for a long time. Mark my words, Lucky Day is out. He's out here. He's on the way. R and B is not dead, y'all. Damn, doing a video shoot for Radio Galaxy in a couple weeks. No, 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 don't, don't, don't say that quiet. You know, just don't say that quiet. Tell them again. No, 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 the flex, nigga. We, we got, a, we got a video shoot coming up in a couple weeks. You know, I mean, it, it might be for YU. It might be featuring Carl Thomas. I mean, it, it, it might be. Oh, it's lit! It's lit. I, to quote the lovely, thick Natasha Rothwell from Insecure, everyone I associate with is thriving <laughs> in abundance, limitless. What else is going on? Um, I'm saying it because it needs to be said. I don't give a fuck about Kanye and Drake uniting uniting their powers to sing for charity for fucking Larry Hoover. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. I don't care. I don't give a fuck. Fuck that shit. I didn't. I. Uh, uh, but Oz, did you even watch it? No. For what? For what? For what? Because I was going to be convinced to give fucking Larry Hoover, to give Larry Hoover my fucking attention? Fuck him. What the fuck are we even talking about? Fam, for those of you that don't know and don't know why I'm all flared up about this shit i'm not gonna say any names randall will not allow me to say names yeah man but looking out for you it has become apparent to me that this whole kanye and drake shit from early stages to beef to ending the beef to here was all orchestrated just so these motherfuckers could get people's attention about them singing in fucking concert for a known murderer and drug dealer. Yeah. Fam. Yeah. And, and, and when you delve and when you deep dive into it, it's still stupid. So I didn't watch it. Did you watch it, Randall? I, I saw clips of it on YouTube. I, I had to prove to myself that it was as bad as I thought it would be. And, and it was, it was, it was all validated. 
Okay. It was okay. not interesting. So, on a performance level, how would we grade six, God? Technically, this is a Drake watch, by the way. Well, I mean, this was a it was a Kanye show with Drake as a special guest. So Kanye ah. Kanye went on, did some stuff, then Drake came on for a little while and then Kanye came on again at the end, I think. And Drake only did like his non cash money stuff. So like stuff just from the last couple of albums. Okay, so no true slaps. No no take care, no, you know, thank me later. Nothing, nothing was the same. Yeah, none of that. No true slaps. Yeah. No, no Lucy's. You, you definitely got. I, I'm pretty sure he did. Um, Baby, did we even get a? Did we get a no guidance? I don't know. Okay, fair enough. I, I didn't listen closely enough to. Yeah, we, we probably didn't. Um, here's my thing. And I want someone in the audience. I want someone from the audience who's listening to this podcast to write to me. And make me understand why the fuck we are championing Larry Hoover. Why are we still trying to free people who actually did what they're in jail for? <laughs> Y'all have saw what happened learned, with Boosie. Have we learned nothing from Boosie? Y'all spent years free Boosie, free Boosie. That nigga's out and we've regretted it ever since. <laughs> that nigga's out and the first thing he did was put it was was put his proverbial lips on Bill Cosby's dick. Mm. And call Lori Harvey a hoe. I'm gonna get to put. I, I I have some bars for that actually. I'm gonna get to that a little later. Oh. Um, fam, Larry Hoover and I. I heard the whole the lawyer, one of the attorneys, of course, a white guy. It you know that episode of Atlanta was not bullshit when they talked about white lawyers and black clients. Mm-hmm. Um, show me a drug dealer and I will show you the whitest of white lawyers <laughs> imaginable. Extra points if they're Jewish. Fam, this, this motherfucker went on to tell people, well, Larry Hoover has been in prison for 30 years just for selling crack. Larry Hoover has been has been languishing like your fucking bane. Larry Hoover has been languishing for selling crack. Larry Hoover has been in prison most of his adult life for selling crack. And that's not fair. And opioids. And opioids. Shut the fuck up. First of all, Larry Hoover is in prison for a criminal enterprise network that involved the trafficking, the major trafficking of narcotics. And if you're wondering why that's important, it is a rule. Niggas from the hood know. It is a rule that anytime that much that much druggage is moving from coast to coast, state to state, over state lines, and that much money is being made day by day, almost in your sleep, I can guarantee you people are being murdered over it. He was leader of a group called Gangster Disciples. Um, Who murdered people. Right. He's in jail, accused of murder. And so the, the argument that people make is that he was he was not the one that pulled the trigger, but I mean, 
Which is like saying that which is like saying that Obama didn't kill people because he didn't necessarily push the button on the drone bomb. Right. I'm just saying. And at some point we have to and, and if you want to champion this motherfucker, that's your business. But the problem I have is that we don't put nearly as much attention into motherfuckers in prison that didn't do anything. Yeah. There are people doing multiple life sentences for things they didn't do. I never thought I would live in a universe where Kim Kardashian has the right idea right. and Kanye Omari West doesn't. She went to she went to the White House with lawyers, with a team of black women lawyers, and and helped to release people who were wrongfully convicted. Kanye went after with a red MAGA hat on and tried to free Larry Hoover. Who actually did <laughs> what he is accused of doing? I need someone to make me understand the rationality. I of think that. black people, we already have enough stacked against us, y'all. Like, don't waste our literal get out of jail free cards on the little boosies of the world. Can we focus on people who actually should be out of jail? That's all I'm going to say about it. And not only that, Kanye took this time when he's supposed to be free, all free Larry Hoover. He took his time on stage to beg his wife to come home. You know why this is the funniest shit I have heard all month? This nigga got on stage, begged for his wife to come home. And the following day, <laughs> she files to be legally single. And somewhere, someplace, sometime after that, Pete Davidson was knocking the walls down. Pete. <laughs> <laughs> Pete Davidson banging the bottom out that shit. How was there not a sitcom yet about Pete Davidson being like community dick? <laughs> a sitcom out there about this oh man it's coming it's coming i'm just afraid it's going to end tragically though tragically how tragically i mean this dude is like one cigarette away from death okay look i know that was that was low-hanging fruit he's a because he is a celebrity familiar remember we talked about that, this that is true we talked about this they're going to keep him alive because they need him for sustenance. That's how the familiar thing works. It, it, they just they just keep doing this until it's not prop until it's not worth anything, and then they turn him into a vampire. Then all of a sudden, there's going to be the big glow up, like happened with uh, Neville Longbottom from Harry Potter. Man, all of a sudden that motherfucker turned into uh, sexiest man alive yeah. and shit. Boy, I, boy lifted one sword. <laughs> all of a sudden, had facial hair. Coming in with a beard, he went. Uh, now he looks like he could just whoop Voldemort's ass with yeah. his hands, like with his bare hands. Let's do a reboot now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, the whole shit gonna look like three hundred. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see what else happened. What else happened? Oh, speaking of Drake, Daniel Radcliffe is like the only one that didn't grow. I'm sorry. Correct. 
Correct. Like, he still looks like Harry Potter. Even Rupert Grint looks like an adult now. No. What is, what's his name? Malfoy. Malfoy looks like a grown-ass yeah. man now. Yeah. Malfoy. He looked like he been through some shit. Too. I would say, he looked like he got hands. Yeah. I wouldn't fuck with him, honestly. I'm going to be honest with you. He, him I wouldn't fuck with. Who else was in Harry Potter? The black dude, of course, that was on How to Get Away with Murder. I probably wouldn't fuck with him. Uh, as corny as he looks. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a couple of people from Harry Potter look like they got hands yeah. now. Not Real Daniel, talk. Not Daniel Radcliffe. And Daniel Radcliffe is not among them. Not at all. Honestly, I wouldn't. Honestly, Pass, Robert Pattinson looked like he might whoop your ass. Yeah, I mean, you know. He got that. Yeah. He got some scrap. He got some scrap. We'll see the Batman in a couple months. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm fucking ready. I'm and and for all you DC people that oh they just keep making Batman movies. I agree with you. I'm also part of the problem because I want to see that shit. Um, what else is happening? Okay, so this weekend Travis Scott in Travis Scott news now. Um, Travis Scott against the better judgment of. His agent, his his uh his manager, his PR people, just anybody with a working brain and pulse, uh, who told him not to do this. Travis Scott decided it was time to address the people. In an interview. Furthermore, in a even worse stroke of judgment. Travis Scott decided to do this being interviewed by Leonard Charlemagne the God McKelvey. Um, I'm already annoyed. I want us to stop talking to Charlemagne. Stop talking to Wendell Williams, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. That's fucked up. But it's so true. Um, he is a messy bitch, oh. <laughs> and will never not be a messy bitch. Like, like my thing is, and the sad part is, I is it wrong that I'm just glad that he didn't talk to Vlad? Yeah, that's yes. <laughs> <laughs> it isn't that sad? Well, at least he's not talking to Vlad. Um, That's how low our expectations are, people. Because then it would be three hours of Travis Scott saying nothing. Yeah. Uh, Which is exactly what happened in the Charlemagne interview. Um, Travis Scott said nothing. He said a lot of, I feel bad. I feel bad, and it's fucked up that this happened, and we need to, and I I really think it's important that we look at the whys of, of, of the whys and hows of what happened. Hey, 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 guess what? If you don't have the whys in the house, why the fuck are you talking to us? Why, why, why are you talking? Why are you even showing your face? Children died. Children died. And don't get me wrong. I understand that you not necessarily being the direct cause but children dying at your event can have a tremendous psychological effect. That is, if we're going to talk about mental health, 
We cannot overlook that fact. Having said that, if you want to tell me about what we need to do, we need to look at the hows and the whys, Uh hey, 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 it's your name on it. Get your ass up off this fucking couch and go find out and report back to us then. Hopefully without Charlemagne the fucking God. Because this is self-indulgent bullshit. This is you centering yourself in an event in which children died. And trying to absolve yourself of the guilt. And trying to absolve yourself of of the guilt by making us feel guilty because you feel bad. Take that L, man. Eat that L. Go the fuck away. All this, all we need to look at. We don't need to do shit. Let me be very, let me be very clear about what taking accountability means. No, you were not a direct cause of what happened. No, you didn't tell people to wild the fuck out the way they did. Although I'm getting conflicting reports that maybe he did tell people to wild the fuck out. Which, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that part of it. But you also didn't have the safety protocols in place to to facilitate um, managing a crowd that size, especially when an emergency situation occurs. There were multiple points at which people were informed about what was happening, and nobody was empowered um, to take action on it. So there just there was just a lot of shit that wasn't in place. That even though you are not directly in control of, it's your show. You employ the people. That that are that are doing all this. So yeah, you're responsible for this shit. I'm gonna make a football analogy. Sorry. When no matter what happens out there on that field, the quarterback is responsible. You called that play. Now, of course, the coach is responsible from the sidelines, but as far as operations on the field of battle. Quarterback is responsible. Mm -hmm. Quarterback is the point of the sword. No matter what happened, no matter who didn't catch the pass, no matter who didn't do what, no matter who didn't call what, everybody's going to look back at the quarterback. That's your name out there. Travis Scott, you were the quarterback in this situation. No matter who didn't do what, it all falls back on you because this is your brand. So we don't want to hear about we need to do things. We don't need to do a bitch-ass thing. You need to get up, get off your ass, go find the answers, and report back to us then. I was going to say, I wasn't even there, so I don't I don't have to do anything. Yeah, so all that, we need to look into this, and we, need, we don't need to do shit. You... Need to shut the fuck up talking to Charlemagne for likes and, and clicks. Get your ass up and do some real soul searching. And go find out. Because I don't want to hear about this when children died. You were doing the right thing when you were just in your house, not talking to nobody, shutting the fuck up and just throwing money at these families. Whether they want, whether they accept it or not which most of them I heard have not accepted this, his money and told him to fuck off, uh, which is well, which they are well within their rights to do. So I, it's premature in the program, but we can go ahead and give Travis Scott the biggest shut the fuck up. 
Um, he was doing so well for a few weeks when he said nothing. When he said, you can always say nothing. Let the let the facts come out of what what happened and what didn't happen. Let people make their judgments, and then you come out. Yeah, but you couldn't do that. Even though there were some there were some mitigating factors that would have pissed me off too. Like apparently they had a there was a a, a documentary that was very unfavorable and maybe a little even a little unfair. Uh, in its judgment of uh, the whole thing, particularly as far as Travis Scott goes. And a lot of people uh, motioned to have that shit taken off of, I don't know, it was on Hulu or something. Um, And there was some shit, so there was some shit happening out in the ether that would have pissed me off too. But hey, that's people. That's social media. That's what people go through every fucking day in the world now. Yeah. Because of social media. So you're still not special in that regard. Shut the fuck up. Go find your fucking answers. And then report back to us. Or don't, or don't report back to us. We'll find out one way. Just do way. better. Exactly. Just do better. Um, what else is what else is happening? Oh, here's a side note of, of Drake Watch. Hey, man. Um, Drake rejected his Grammy nominations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He I rejected I'm, all of his. I didn't know he was beefing with the Grammys. Yeah, like he, he's he's had a kind of a complicated history with the Grammys. Um, as a lot of black artists do, they you know the Grammys have been very inconsistent with their their nominations, um, especially over the last several years. And he's like, man, I'm tired of y'all playing games. Now nah, I, I don't want this shit now. Don't give that shit to Macklemore. Now, having said that. The fact that he's being lauded for certified lover boy, is this a huge sacrifice on Drake's part? No, but it, but again, it's it's kind of like Halle Berry getting the Oscar for Monsters Ball. It's like, okay, why now? Why this? Right. Because I showed my titties? I don't know. Fair enough. Yeah, you're right. But, you know, he's like, nah. So for him, it feels almost like a consolation prize. Right, like nah, you didn't give it to me for the shit where that I felt like I should have been nominated for. I don't give it to me. Yeah, for you this. didn't give it to me for the slaps. Don't give it to me for this. Okay, fair. Yeah. fair that's fair. All right. I, 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 okay, I didn't look at it like that. Okay. Um, Denzel in Training Day. Correct. I mean, he did he he did well in Training Day, but I'm like he had so many more memorable. He also did well in Glory. You didn't see that tear shoot out his eye in Glory. He gave him the Oscar tear. I'm pretty sure that is what coined the concept of the Oscar tier. Either the tier or the snot. You give one, you give them one of the two. You give them the tier, which solely, firmly belongs to Denzel, or you can give them the Russell Crowe snot, the Viola Davis snot. I'm sorry, I'm gonna step over you with that one. Oh, she took that shit. The Viola Davis snot. Okay, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll go with that. Yeah, you're right. No, Rus- Russell Crowe's snot is definitely up there, but... Russell Crowe did that shit. Viola Davis did a long one-take, yeah, full-throated was, snot. Yeah, yeah, from her, from the diaphragm, that motherfucker. You sure right. Um, I had to clear my throat. <laughs> 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 um, 
let's see what else what else we got going on um oh i did want to mention it okay so common broke up with tiffany haddish or they broke up common and tiffany haddish broke up yeah i'm not i'm not here to deep dive into the whys or whatever and also nobody cares why no one really gives a shit um I want to. I do want to say that because I feel like Common has been getting unfairly raked over the coals for being community for being community dick, for being a hoe. And here's my thing: we so we can't laud people because the sex positive era, which I 100 percent champion. We can't tell. We can't tell uh, Boozy to shut the fuck up calling Lori Harvey a hoe and allow this slander to continue on Common's name because Common is really doing the same shit Lori Harvey is doing, having fun with with people that are equally as high profile as they are and moving the fuck on. And nine times out of ten, they don't have anything negative to say. Also, y'all can't front on... Common's track record, though. I mean, fam, Badu, Common. Serena Williams, oh, even Angela Rye. Angela Rye. If you believe, the, if you believe the talk, Alicia Keys, Laura Dern, <laughs> <laughs> definitely was not Alicia Keys. No, she don't. Um, uh, I'm just saying, unless Common, she, unless she's strapped on. Yeah, man, because he he just you know, Common got a. Common got a list. He has a, he has a, he has a CV. He has a resume. He has quite the resume. His qualifications. I'm just saying he's up like he's up there with some of these. Like he he got he's doing Leo numbers. Yeah. Well, Leo been handling his business too. Y'all don't know. Yeah. 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 Leo doing numbers. I'm just saying, comedy on that level yet. Drake doing he doing Drake numbers. Yeah. Well, we'll see. The difference between Common and Drake is. Common got Tiffany Haddish pregnant. Drake got a stripper pregnant. <laughs> well, I didn't want to be the one to say it, and I don't want to sound and I and, and Grant, I don't want to sound like I am slut shaming a stripper. Because I am not. No, but he common but, common impregnated someone with the means to take care of I was gonna say Tiffany Haddish good with or without common. The the stripper is on the payroll. On the payroll for eighteen years. So I just do what you will with that. Um and, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not hating on Common for his uh, his excellent work. His because uh, apparently the only things the only things he's good at is uh, rapping and laying pipe, um, having thoughts about the world. No acting. No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> and fuck whoever cast him in uh, Terminator Salvation. Salvation. Yeah, man. There was no salvation for him. He wasn't that much better than smoking aces. No. You saved this black man. The only role (laughs) that he was actually good in was John Wick because it required no dialogue. Because he didn't have to do nothing but get his ass whooped. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I'm just saying, to be fair, you ain't got to do nothing but get your ass whooped at John Wick. Fun fact, as long as, to circle back around to Cowboy Bebop, yeah, at one point, Ken Reeves was on the short list to play Spike in Cowboy Bebop. Really? Like when it was going to be like a major movie. Yeah. Uh, I think it was at one point, I think it was like a Sony project or something. Mm. Maybe. Uh, I'm telling you that shit has changed hands a lot. And at one point I heard Ken Reeves was on the short list. Now that sounds, 
Now, that sounds crazy on his face, but it doesn't sound as crazy now that we've seen him as John Wick. Yeah. Because John Wick is basically an American Spike Spiegel. He he made the right choice, John Wick. Though. He did. He did. He did. He's He is making his wooden acting work for him. He killed my dog. And, and and this was the best way I can think of for him to make it up to us for that man of Tai Chi bullshit. Ooh. I, I never forget. I've never forgotten. <laughs> um, Let's see what else is going on. Oh, have you watched Harlem? As of today, yes, I have watched all 10 episodes of season one. Okay, I only got to like episode seven probably. Yeah. Um. How do you feel about Harlem? Uh, it is. So I, I will say this: the, the, I, I give every I give every show three episodes to to get ramped up. Sure, and, and I, I was glad I did in this case because by episode three it it starts to move. Um, it's now I will say this: it's basically Sex in the City for like it's Blacks in the City. Blacks in the City. That's the name of this podcast. Okay. So it's basically that. Um, a lot of it is predictable. The acting is kind of dialed in in some places. But I will say that as the season progresses, mm-hmm. the writing improves, and there are some twists that come that, 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 that I did not expect. But also, I, I didn't have grand expectations for, for this series. Sure. Um, it is one that I did not feel insulted by watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, Megan Good is fine. Man, man. Megan Good is fine despite whatever the fuck that is she did to her eyebrows. Yeah, she's basically like an older version of Yara Shahidi. Like, they could be sisters <laughs> at this point. I, I kind of noticed that in watching the show. Like, yeah, they, they both look alike and they kind of act alike as well. But it's... um. I don't know, man. I, I I hope that at some point, black television can can really start to expand, really start to expand like topic wise what what it covers in, mm-hmm. in fiction. Um, you know, with Insecure and now with Harlem and with a couple of other things. Yeah, it's kind of this, you know, this millennial, you know, finding our way through relationships type vibe that, that people are coming with. But I, I think that we really need to start expanding, you know, outside of that. Um, but anyway, but Harlem itself, I, I think it, it was a decent love letter to Harlem, so to speak. Okay, okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's... I, I guess my glowing review of it is it's not bad, mm-hmm. um, but you know you're not going to miss anything if you don't watch it. So I enjoyed it, and and I was I will agree that you're not going to miss anything if you don't watch it, only because of how saturated that sector of entertainment is right now. Correct. Um, you have insecure. You have uh, you have the you have Harlem. You have the stars version of Harlem called Run the World. Um, you have you have a lot of those out there, and I think it's in response to the fact that Living Single didn't really get its flowers. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's always that talk about how Living Single 
was a better friends than friends was. I feel like there's the there is the not the competition, but the urge to make a better Sex in the City than Sex in the City was, and it couldn't have come at a better time. Because on a side note, as a Sex in the City fan from way back, I cannot, in good conscience, watch this fucking Sex in the City reunion for several reasons. Samantha's not in it, right? Nor will she ever be. Mm. Kim Cattrall did everything in her power for years, short of actually drone bombing the fucking studio to keep this bullshit from happening. And not even just because she doesn't fuck with Sarah Jessica Parker the long way anymore. Because she knew because she knew this shit wore out its welcome. No, we don't need this. We don't need this. No one needs to see this. Sex and the City wore out its welcome after the second stupid ass movie that was slightly culturally inappropriate. I also don't know if people want to see like sex stories from women in their fifties. I won't say that because I'd watch a sex story with Jane Fonda. Ah, true, true, true. I'd watch a sex story with Helen Mirren. Um, I don't want to see a sex story with 50-plus Sarah Jessica Parker. Sarah Jessica Parker has not aged well. I mean, she didn't age well when she was young. Well, okay, but here's the thing about that. And I'm going to get back to my review of Harlem. But I do want to point this out. The hype about Sarah Jessica Parker in her Sex in the City days was never about necessarily about her being the most attractive woman on the block. She wasn't. Because it was Kim Cattrall. Because it was Kim Cattrall. We all know. Y'all know if you watch Sharkies and shit. Anyway. Um, it was never because she was the baddest woman on the block. She wasn't. It was because women in that age range, it was becoming cool to allow them to be sexual. Right. And to be seen as sex symbols and doing all the same shit as the young chicks and doing all the gap commercials and doing all the, all that shit that the, all the gene commercials and all that shit that the young girls are doing. And Sarah Jessica Parker was that medium that topped in, that tapped into that. Mm-hmm. It was never about her being attractive. And it's less about her being attractive now that there is nothing attractive about her in her 50-plus years. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to see the almost mayor of New York, Cynthia Nixon, doing these things. I was, I was used to her being a serious politician. I was getting used to that. And I never gave a fuck about Charlotte and her terrible taste in men. She didn't, none of her dudes slapped. She was also annoying. She was quite annoying. Um, having said all that, back to Harlem. Harlem did a lot of things I liked. It made me appreciate Megan Good in her lane yeah. as now and a slightly older actress. Um, I wasn't ready for that. I wasn't ready for Megan Good, somebody trying to convince me that Megan Good was going to be playing a college professor. Right. But she did that. She pulled it off. And she pulled it off in a very Carrie Bradshaw kind of way. She did right. Yeah. Um, I wasn't ready for Whoopi Goldberg to randomly be in this in this show. 
you get to about episode three or four, mm-hmm. she's acting her ass off. You all of a sudden you're just randomly like, wait a minute, what the fuck is Whoopi Goldberg doing here? And she's there, there, and she's there, there. She's taking this shit seriously, apparently. Um, I wasn't ready for uh, Arnez from um one on one, I guess. Oh. Or, or my nigga from, or, or they're making the cousin Skeeter joke. Being a stripper. Being a stripper. <laughs> I can't believe I saw Robert Richard's whole light-skinned ass. I can't unsee that. Yeah. Um, hope y'all enjoyed it. Hope y'all enjoyed it. So, the other thing is I have to remember that I can only like these shows. These are the last two things I'll say. I can only like these shows if I remember that I don't, that if these people existed in real life, I would never associate with them. Mm-mm. Same goes for Insecure. Same goes for Run the World. All the, I could never associate with these people in real life. They are all so fucking bougie. Even the obligatory broke girl in the group in Harlem is bougie as fuck. Yeah. And with no right to be bougie, well, sleeping on the rich girl's couch. When you when you get to episode eight, you find out why. Oh, okay. But she still has no reason now to be bougie. T- to give a little bit of the story away, this chick is basically mooching off of her rich friend, um, sleeping on her couch, and she falls in love with this Uber driver on her way to an audition for I Shit You Not, Get Out the Musical. And she has to find him again because she didn't get his number. And so she uses her friend's Uber, gets gets the Uber suspended, to keep looking for Uber drivers and canceling them when they're not him. Yeah. Um, Then he, by chance, shows up at her door with a delivery because he's also working for Postmates. Very believable. They go to his car to fuck, and he eats her pussy in the, in, in, in the truck and then says, okay, let's go to your house. He says, you're in it. He lives out of his truck. And she had the nerve to catch a fucking attitude. Bitch, you live on a couch. You don't even own the covers you're sleeping on mm. on the couch. You didn't even own the Uber account. <laughs> you didn't even own the Uber account. You got suspended looking for this nigga. And you have the nerve to be mad that he lives in it. He has that car. All you have is that couch. That's not yours. <laughs> that is not yours. If that girl get her shit repossessed, you out of fucking luck. I'm just saying that's some bougie ass shit. So, uh, somebody homeless mad at somebody with a home. It's mm. a big ass truck too. It look comfortable to the motherfucker. I'm just saying that's some bougie shit. Some bougie ass shit. Also, where are all the fucking dark skinned men aside from him, the homeless <laughs> guy? Who happens to be Emmanuel, the musician, by the way. Who is Emmanuel? That uh, whose single "Need You" I've played on this podcast. See, I keep, I keep. Y'all gonna start listening to me about these artists. <laughs> um, where are all the dark skinned men? There are no dark skinned men on the show except uh, for the 
the guy quote unquote the- homeless <laughs> Uber driver. I don't like the way they portray dark skinned men, and I don't like the way they portray the working class. Because all these other niggas is hella light skinned. I know they're going to try to get away with, what's his name? Jameson. Jameson, the pretty activist dude. Who, by the way, doesn't do any work throughout the series. I've never seen this man have gainful employment. He spends the entire series on Megan Good's couch, waiting for Megan Good to come home so he can smash. I, 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 now, granted, if I had the opportunity to just sit on a couch and wait for Megan Good to come home so I can smash, I would probably take advantage of this opportunity. Having said that, where are all the dark-skinned men? I'm sick of this shit. Cause that nigga look, cause that, cause that other nigga, the the ex boyfriend looks like almost Drake. Yeah, he looks like what Drake thinks he looks like in his head. Right, he looks like an adult Drake. <laughs> <laughs> like you know how John Hamm looks like what most Republicans probably think they look like in their head. <laughs> Drake, that's what Drake thinks he looks like in his head. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying. I am just saying. I'm not gonna get into my whole working class dark skin. Rep- representation, even the big niggas. Because I'm still sick of how y'all treated TSA guy on Insecure. All the other niggas on that show get a nice little, get, get a nice uh, sex scene. We got to see this, we got to see this nigga's bare ass, bare sweaty ass clapping in the mirror. Still salty about that shit. That's a great time to take a break, by yes. the way. Oh. <laughs> What a segue. <laughs> we'll be back with more foolishness and fuckery. Y'all know what it is. Sober conversation with the least sober team in podcasting, except for this week. Pour up. And we're back. Yes, we're back. We're black. We black. We are opinionated. Highly opinionated. And we're sober, one hundred percent sober. We're sober. We're like, I like, I almost, I almost even brought some sparkling water to the function, to the session. This is two weeks in a row. I, this I, is two I, weeks in a row. I like this trend. I, I like this. It's not going to last because the because <laughs> the, the the yearly. I'm definitely going to be drunk for the last episode of the year. Oh man, definitely, almost certainly. Um, yeah, I've been in my. I yeah, I might bring some sparkling water to the function. No, I don't know. Okay. Um, I, I've recently, I didn't know clearly Canadian was back. Is it fam? I, it was in Kroger. Like clearly Canadian is delicious, but I can never have it again. That's the sugariest man. That's the most bougie sugary ass sparkling water I've ever tasted in my life. When I was like in middle school, clearly, clearly Canadian was like a sign that you were rich. Like, you know, I was bringing, like, juice boxes in my lunch to school or, you know, just whatever kind of little weak drink. And somebody pulled out a clearly Canadian bottle. We're like, oh, you rich, rich. In a glass bottle, my what? nigga. Ooh, it was like, you know, for us, that was like that was like drinking alcohol at the time. Hell like, yeah. Oh, you rich, rich. That almost had, that almost got more sugar into soda. Like, you don't know what flavor it is unless you look at the bottle. Right. Because it's all clear. A gla- if a, I'm, let me tell you something. If if a nigga if a nigga come to school where I went to school and, and bring a glass bottle of some fancy shit, 
out of his lunch pail, he getting his ass whooped. I'm just I'm just telling you. Sometimes I would save my lunch money just to go to the the convenience store across the street from my middle school to buy a clearly Canadian. Fam. Just a stunt. Like, that, just uh, a stunt. See, we didn't do that. We had unhealthy shit. We had a, we had a burger here across the street, so stunting was coming back over with a whopper. <laughs> when you snuck over, you came back with a whopper. Um, anyway, uh, it is time for white people must be stopped. This is why I don't fuck with white <clears throat> people. Don't fuck with them. So, Ghislaine Maxwell, um. The late uh, Jeffrey Epstein's body uh, bottom bitch. Mm-hmm. Alleg- so the judge released the records, the the client list. They unsealed the documents. They unsealed the documents, which include the client list. It is important to note that on the same week that they unsealed the documents that include the client list, the Ghislaine Maxwell tracker account that was following this whole trial from top to bottom mysteriously got taken down and suspended or something courtesy of the new CEO. Y'all didn't know Twitter had a new CEO. Jack stepped down. Yeah, he made an announcement last week about that. And some rando took his place. Well... He's a rando. He, he's not commonly known to a lot of people who are not in the know, but it wasn't quite a rando. With the, as, as sudden as it was that he stepped down, yeah. in that context, it felt like a rando. Yeah. Um, so, they take, so they take the shit down. Um, and it's very important because... Right before they took the shit down, the tracker app basically um, had access to the documents and shouted out a lot of people that were on that client list. Mm -hmm. And more of them than we thought were Democrats. This is a huge thing. Now, Randall is going to remind you, as he should, Randall is going to remind you that people on both sides of the political aisle mm-hmm. are included in this list, as are key members of the Hollywood elite, um, probably sports players, uh, the whole gamut. Apparently, Jeffrey Epstein was just a one-stop shop to be a nasty nigga. And, but... The reason that this is that I'm highlighting the Democrats being included is because this is basically the death knell of the Democratic Party. The Democratic Party is basically over. The reason I say the Democratic Party is basically over is because they spent years, particularly under the Trump administration, they spent years raking Republicans over the coals. Matt Gates, other people whose names I can't think of that were uh, that Trump forgave. They kept raking these motherfuckers over the coals. That is, they kept pointing their fingers, wagging their fingers. That is the party of the nasty niggas. The Republicans are the nasty niggas. Do you want nasty niggas um, running the republic? We are categorically not the nasty niggas. And as it turns out, more Democrats than you can imagine are in fact nasty niggas. 
the nastiest of nasty niggas. And people, some people that you already knew were nasty niggas are on this. William Jefferson, William Jefferson Clinton is highly profiled. Bill Clinton is not a surprise for anybody. Nobody is shocked that William Jefferson Clinton was closely, uh, was, was, was closely tied to Jeffrey Epstein. We, we've only seen 15 million pictures of this motherfucker. Um, with uh, smiling in a fucking uh, beach bum shirt with Jeffrey Epstein and some little girl who looks like she about to go over to Mr. Wizard's house and watch something blow up. Y'all know nothing about that. Y'all know nothing about Mr. Wizard. Mm-mm. Why the fuck were all those random kids going over to Mr. Wizard's house to fuck some shit up? Mm. You better not come back over here smelling like exploded baking soda in your in your school clothes, nigga. <laughs> the fuck? Um... Yeah, it's it's you're one hundred percent on point. Like there are people from both sides of the aisle. I mean, I, I would dare say most of them have probably you are, know are nasty. And it just so happened that the the one party that was the loudest about yep that ain't us. Yeah, it's they're y'all. the main ones. It's it's y'all. Anthony Weiner. Shocking. <laughs> Uh, Anthony Weiner, I think I heard. I think I heard about Larry Summers. Like, it's so wild that that you know, Trump was. Tr- it was known that Trump was on there when Trump was president, and people were like, okay, like, that's how unsurprising it is. Sadly enough, that's going to be the Republicans' greatest weapon. Yeah, we all knew he was nasty. Yeah, what's y'all excuse? I mean, yeah, they they like shit. We we knew it when we voted for him. So, what y'all talking about? Exactly. That's why I say this is the end. Trump in five. Ghislaine Maxwell is going to be his running partner. Oh, shit. <laughs> God damn it. No. No. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm I'm very sad because this is, you know, and I, I don't have any just personal, like, actual affection for the Democrats or anything. But they were the only people. They, they were the people with their finger in the dam. Uh, turns and out that, turns that, out they had a finger in some other shit in a child's butthole. I'm just saying, I'm fam. And that is the name. No, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> sir. We are trying to subvert the <laughs> algorithms. We are not trying to enrage them. I try to be on Ghislaine Maxwell's list. No. And and let me tell you something. She knows she's not in any mortal danger. Yeah, yeah I know she knows she's not in any mortal danger. Did you see this shit where? The, the the court artist, the sketch artist, is, was sketching her, and she was and and there's a sketch of Ghislaine Maxwell looking at the artist sketching her back. She ain't even paying attention to her being on trial for being a a child trafficker. As a white woman, she is a highly protected class. She She's has nothing no to worry about. She's in no danger. None. She's in less danger. Like, Kyle Rittenhouse is in more danger than her. Mm-hmm. And he is in no danger. Mm-hmm. He's a white child, so he's not. Gillian Maxwell won't even have to <clears throat> kill herself in prison. I was going to say, or, or or whatever the fuck happened. Uh, um, Like, because if that didn't happen, at some point, Jeffrey Epstein was going to get shot on the courthouse steps. They, like, they were going to need to brown him. And somebody Nothing some, will happen to Maxwell. And somebody somewhere is like, hey, when she gets free, somebody somewhere is going to be like, hey, you still got them numbers, though? 
I, it won't stop. It'll never stop. Never. I'm just saying. It will never stop. Harvey Weinstein don't give a fuck about that angle bracelet. I'm just telling you. Because he was on that list too. Mm. He don't give a fuck about that ankle bracelet. He wants them in there young now. Wow. Oh, Harvey Weinstein, I, I, I never doubt he was nasty. Never. Not once. Now, here's the real question, and this is before we go to break. When are we going to get a surviving Marcus Houston? Questions that need answers. Well, black people don't like throwing black people under the bus, so your answer is never. Uh, maybe. If R. Kelly was allowed to cook for this long. Yeah, he got a little longer. Because, <laughs> you know, he just had him a little pedo baby. Marcus Houston just had a little baby. He just had a baby with that underage girl. Wow. Yeah. And people were celebrating. Congratulations. The shade room was congratulations, Marcus Houston. Man, get the fuck out of here. Man, all right, y'all. All right, y'all. Just wake me up when y'all do surviving surviving Marcus Houston, surviving Chris Stokes. You about to stay sleeping. <laughs> Send your racist stories, send your real-life racist encounters, along with your listener letters, questions for myself, D. Randall, or anyone you ever hear on this podcast. Please send them to opinionswhileblack at gmail.com. And while you're at it, please log on to opinionswhileblack.com where you can find out more about Houston's Most Savage Podcast, ways to listen to Houston's Most Savage Podcast, more information about the Lee Sober team in podcasting, ways to buy merch. Also, I'm saying it here. This is your first warning. Go to opinionswhileblack.com. Go to the very bottom where it says subscribe email. Put your email in and subscribe to our email alerts. Mm. We're not going to we're, we're not going to email alert you unless it's something important. We don't spam you. I'm telling you now because there might be something in it for you. Yeah, wink, buddy. wink, nudge, nudge. There might be something happening in the foreseeable near future that might require you to register your email on opinionswhileblack.com. That is as plain as I can say it. The man said it. We'll be right back with your listener letters and the top three STFUs. This is Opinions Wild Black, Houston's most savage podcast. Pour up. And we are back. Mm. We are black. Mm. We are opinionated. Mm. Still sober, man. Yeah, rocking it out, We're trying to finish strong. Uh, partaking in a little sugar, <laughs> a little sugar, a little Coca Cola. Uh, the hard stuff. Stay, you know, trying to stay on point so we finish strong for y'all. Um, it is time for your listener letters. Uh, uh we love hearing from you guys, David Santiago. Oh, shit. <laughs> says, what aspect of pop culture had the most prominent effect on you growing up? I feel like the music of the 80s evokes 
more immersive memories than anything else, but I'm curious to know what puts you right back in a moment where you feel like a kid again. David really does come up with these thinking ass questions. It's true. Um, we don't have any excuses now. We're sober. That's true. I actually have an answer for this one. This is very easy for me. Cartoons. What? Cartoons were everything for me in the eighties. Fam. Yes. Everything. I mean, and I, I was the one that I would, I would wake up at 6 a.m. on Saturday to start. You ain't lying. The, the Saturday morning cartoon stretch until like 11, take a little break from 11 to 12, or, or, you know, actually no, at 11, I would watch the Kung Fu stuff. Oh yeah. yeah and then go outside. Yeah. So my friends even knew, don't look for me to play football, basketball, anything. Until, Until at least, least 12, 12 o'clock. Yeah. Yep, you're right. I'm watching cartoons. Even even some of the week cartoons that came out on Sunday. <sighs> King Arthur and the Knights of Justice. Yes. Oh, y'all don't remember that shit. Yeah, we, and we could do this all day, but yeah. King I, Arthur and the Knights of Justice, I knew, that was my shit. I knew both weekday blocks of cartoons. There were some that came on from like 1 to 3, and then there was some. And then, and then Fox revolutionized it with the, with the 4 o'clock p.m., Joints and I was like, oh. kicked off with Power Rangers. Mm. You know, Power Rangers was my shit. And then when they tried to recreate Power Rangers, like VR Troopers and yeah, really Big mean. Bad Beetleborgs and all that shit. Yeah, 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 that was my shit. That 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 went into a whole thing that still doesn't make any sense to me. But my answer would also match Randall's cartoons. Yeah, and cartoon theme music in the eighties. Oh, oh my god. It, it, ask anyone of age right now, and any cartoon like that's back when when cartoon when, when the '80s were the best. I think for a lot of things because the cartoons weren't trying to do shit but sell toys. It, up and down, left and right, all day. You know, I was I was Robotech is still my favorite oh my cartoon God. period, and I wanted and that theme music so hard, and I wanted all the Veritech fighters. Oh man. You couldn't tell me shit about Rick Hunter, the god, yeah. the maverick of anime fighter pilots, fam. But you're right. Every cartoon was trying to sell us toys. It's toys. G.I. Joe, Transformers, He-Man. Right. And those were the tight. Those are like those yeah. were those were the those were the top dogs. And, and probably you could throw Voltron in there. And Voltron, especially. But like G.I. Joe, Transformers, those were the top dogs. Mm-hmm. And as long as we're talking about that, my formative years are definitely shaped by Transformers. Optimus Prime is literally, in my mind, the Superman of the Nintendo generation. Mm. Not just because not just because he was a badass, or not just because he had the, the unmistakable legendary voice, <laughs> but because like Optimus Prime was genuinely good. Yeah. Like Optimus Prime had all that shit that we look for in Superman. He had that. Freedom is the right of all sentient beings. Do you know how do you know how <laughs> deep that is to say to a fucking seven year old fam? And then That's some deep ass shit. And then in the next scene, Megatron kills him. <laughs> so we can get through this podcast without reliving the death of Optimus Prime. <laughs> Which one? C oh, C eighty six C eighty six Transformers. I know too far. Too much. Too soon. There was, there was a line. 
And I I'm still in. heartbroken by that shit. Because Optimus could have got away, fam. I, anyway, anyway. You don't get Rodimus Prime without it, though. Ah, fuck Rodimus you Prime, You got the bro. touch. <sighs> Transformers the movie was hard, but Rodimus Prime was not my favorite. You got the power. And again, the, the music was so hard. Well, yeah, Galvatron, voiced by. Yeah, man, the Orson Welles. Come on, man. Um, I, and I, you know, and for me personally, yes, the top dogs were there, but for me, it was the cart, it was the lesser known cartoons mm-hmm. that didn't last but like a season or two. Yep. Captain N, the Game Master. Huh. This is a cartoon. This is it. This is when. Nintendo was at the height of product placement. There was one point in the 80s, in the late 80s, early 90s, when Nintendo surpassed Star Wars in terms of product placement Mm -hmm. and marketing. They had these terrible cartoons that would come out. Super Mario Bros. was one of them. Uh, With the the real-life introductions from Captain Lou Albano. Um, Legend of Zelda was another terrible one because it was just, it was just, um, uh, Link making a fool out of Ganon and then trying to get some pussy out of Zelda Mm -hmm. and Captain in the Game Master. It was about a kid named Kevin who was a gaming freak and one day magically gets sucked into video game land and is named the chosen one. And as the chosen one, they give him the Nintendo zapper. And a belt that looks like a Nintendo controller. And he is the chosen one who is going to free all of video game land with his friends Mega Man, Kid Icarus, Simon Belmont. From Castlevania? From Castlevania. Wow. And the princess from, I don't know what fucking video game she was ever from, will free video game land from Mother Brain from Metroid and King Hippo. Wow. Why the fuck was King Hippo a supervillain? Because he was... He was the most trash person on Punch-Out. You, you really want to really give somebody a, a, a supervillain? Give them Mike Tyson. They would have never well, given up the rights to He was that. in Pro Stars. No, Michael Jordan was in Pro Stars. Oh. That's another terrible it, cartoon. There was a cartoon where Michael Jordan, Wayne Gretzky, and Bo Jackson were all sports-themed Super spy heroes. It was so bad. It was bad. It was bad. And that's not even the best. Of, like, my, my top ones that, like, formed my years were, like, Bionic 6. Mask. Mask. Centurions. P- the Centurions. Man and Machine. Silver. Power. Ext- Silverhawks. Silverhawks. The Almost Thundercats. <laughs> Thundercats in space. Yeah. Oh, it was so good. Uh, Wings of Silver, Nerves of Steel. I remember that shit. And all these had hard-ass uh, theme, theme song. songs that were so good. Battle of the Planets. Battle of the Planets. G-Force. My dad watched all of this shit with me in the summertime during the day. Yeah. And then he would introduce me to his era of cartoons. Uh-huh. The old Hanna-Barbera shit. Yeah. Like Johnny Quest. Yeah. I am saying it here and now. Johnny Quest is the hardest cartoon theme song ever conceived in human history. Wow. The Johnny Quest theme, that was some hard, that was some hard shit. That band was jamming. Really listen to that shit in stereo. That band was getting it. 
And then in the in the credits, the band had the little breakdown with the flute solo, nigga. Johnny Quest, y'all got me on a tangent. This properly answers David Santiago's question. This is probably why he asked this shit, because he knew we would go off on a tangent about this. He is bringing the theme song up right now. Damn, look at the horn. Listen to the horns go. Sound like some mandrill type. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I okay. told you, nigga. But you know, for me, a theme song is like, like, uh, like one of the best of all times. It is a, it's a song that no matter where you are, if someone starts singing that shit, you got to sing it with them. If you say, if you say "Greatest American Hero," we're gonna be in a fight. No, no, no. I'm talking about like <laughs> Ducktales. Woo! There yes. Come on, man. DuckTales was hard. DuckTales Duck was hard. That was a things. good era of Disney. Gummy bears bouncing here and there and everywhere. High adventure that's beyond compare. They are the gummy bears. That was, that was the shit. Like a lot of them slap. Heathcliff, Heathcliff, no oh, good. Oh, get the fuck out of here. Oh, what Smurfs you know. had a hard theme song. Like, yeah, man. So to answer your question, David, cartoons. You knew, you knew what you were doing. You knew. You knew when you asked us this question. To this day. And that, and that and we we went longer than we wanted to answering that question, but it was worth it. Yeah. It was worth it. Y'all need to know this shit about us. Um let me see what else we got. Um uh, uh Tales to Enrage wants to know what's a Christmas tradition your family uh your family has that other families should adopt. <laughs> Oh my God! Asking black people about Christmas uh, um, is complicated. A Christmas tradition that my family has that others should adopt. Um, keeping that shit short, get straight to the food. One hundo, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> no, I need a louder air horn than that. Man. Hell it, yeah! Get especially as an adult, food. Like honestly, I don't. I don't. Honestly, I don't give a shit about Christmas or most holidays, but. Now, especially that Christmas is not about the adults at all. It's about the children. Yeah. So it's really just about my nieces and nephews just, you know, just like, hey, all right, y'all are happy. And can we eat now? And can we eat now? And can I go back to sleep? Because yeah. <laughs> as an adult, you don't really do shit. Adults don't really do shit for Christmas, but spend the whole day getting the kids shit working. Yeah. that's <laughs> And plugging all their shit in. And as the uncle... Guess what I always have to do? I don't even get like I don't even get like fully dressed for Christmas. I just exactly sweats and a t shirt and, and flip flops and I'm good. I'm My just like in this fucking Oculus. Ooh. This fucking Oculus yeah. quest. Man. Yeah, so I spend most of my Christmas putting together shit for the kids and also whatever gadgets my parents get that they have no business getting. You have to learn it so you can do everything for them. Learn it so that I can. Yeah, exactly. I don't they just hand you a manual. Learn all. Learn everything about that boy. How does it work? <laughs> my, my mother just bought herself a large TV. And <laughs> I, I know I'm going to spend my whole weekend dragging that shit up the stairs. 
plugging that shit in, and it's a smart TV. Mm-mm. So now I got to log in. Now I got to figure out her passwords that she doesn't know to Amazon, to Netflix. Every application. Oh, wait. She's using my Netflix. <laughs> and log into all of her shit. Yeah. And probably give her all the passwords to my Paramount Plus and HBO Max. And, man, god damn it. I got to get everybody off my shit. <laughs> I really do, dog. Um... Uh, we got a couple more, but a quick note from DJ Burn. Um, glad you're in, glad you're in good spirits, man. Glad you're well. Um, no topic. Just wanted to say that no matter what it is you do this week, make sure to prioritize your mental health always. Mm-hmm. That always deserves air horns. Amen. Amen. And and that's very important. Don't let this Christmas shit get to you, fam. Especially this time of year. I do mean, not let this Christmas shit get to you. And, you know, statistically speaking, we know that this time of year, the the last few weeks of December, are are typically some of the toughest times for a lot of people um, as they reflect on, you know, a lot of different things. Especially in the pandemic. Yeah. You know, it's hit people. Not everybody has recovered. It's hit people a little hard. Don't let this shit get to you, fam. As, As long as you are in good health, the people around you are in good health, enjoy that. And if you get a day off of work, and if nothing else, go to fuck to sleep. Mm. My God, get some sleep. Um, Extra Maestro uh, wants to know, what are your, you're going to like this. What are your top three favorite hip-hop R&B samples? Mine are the following. Ronnie Foster, Mystic Brew from uh, Electric Relaxation. Um. The Jacksons, maybe tomorrow from Ghostface Killers. All that I got is you. Wow. Uh, and Roberta Flax got away from Ti's. What you know? Okay. All right. That's a hard one. Oh, that's a good one. I mean, you know, you you taking me you taking me back to uh, you know it's the classic the classic hip hop debates of the nineties. Um, <laughs> got to be this bag. One. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm gonna go back to it. Um. And some of the samples that I mentioned have probably been used by a few different people, but um, the Heath Brothers, Smiling Billy Sweet, number two, boom, 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 uh, which I first heard used by uh, Nas for um, One Love. Okay. Um, okay. Cannonball Adderley, Potbelly, uh, most famously for me, used by... Um, Tribe Called Quest, If the Papes Come, also used by um, Main Source, a friendly game of baseball. Let me make sure I'm right. I think I'm right. I think I'm right. Oh, we, 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 got, him in his, we got him in his sample nerd bag. Yeah. I got to tell you, nobody, I've never met anybody that knows samples the way Randall does except for DJ Cosmos. Cos can sample his motherfucking ass off. We were, we were all in the same... Every week, man. Yeah. Every week. That nigga, that nigga can sample his ass off. I heard some of his mixtapes. When that nigga sampled uh, Maxwell, uh-huh. it's the Maxwell. Oh, yeah. Y'all Let me see. Let me that. see. I owe y'all one more. I owe y'all one more. Hit him, hit him, hit him, um, hit him, hit him. I'm telling you, man, we used to have these debates like every day, like classic hip-hop samples. We, we wasted so much time. 
There are, and, um, and there are some samples that are just the cheat code. Yeah, I mean, those two are usually... Uh, damn it, man. Um, um, this is not fair. Oh, this is not fair. I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a come back with my third Okay, one. okay, okay. Are you answering this or am I the only one? Oh, I'm answering too. Okay, go for it. And I'll come back with my third one. Um, I, this is, and this is a fairly, this is actually a fairly new, no, it's not new, but someone reminded me of it, um, recently with, uh, what's the name? Um, uh, mixtape Drake, um, thinking good thoughts sampled Anita Baker's sweet love with ninth wonder Mm. ninth wonder did the, you know, as ninth. So you knew he was going to eat, he was going to eat it up. Yep. But he ate that sweet that sweet love loop. He did that shit, and not only that, that is that is some of the hardest shit Drake has ever done in his mixtape era. Yeah, with Fonte and Old Boy. Um, let's see. So there's that one, and these are not like my all. I won't say these are my all time favorites because that would take much longer. But these are definitely standouts for me. Um. Another one would be Gotta Get You Home Tonight. Ooh, baby. Gotta get you home with me tonight. Uh oh. Uh-oh, uh-oh. That was def- Foxy Brown. That was definitely a hot sample. Um they definitely flipped that and it flipped it in a way that appreciates the old version. So I always love that. Um, I owe y'all one more. I, I'm a, I'm afraid to see my my problem is I'm afraid to name a third because I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna doubt that answer and I'm gonna go down I'm gonna go down the 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 the, the tunnel the rabbit hole and I won't what be able to happening? pull myself out of it. What is happening here? Oh, mute that shit. Okay, I won't be able to pull myself out of it. Oh, I was, oh, I was say that we could we could do this we could do the sample shit all day. That yeah. might that might be a good Patreon. Yeah, I, actually, I, yeah, it might be a Patreon because I'm probably just gonna have to play the shit for y'all. Um, I think mine is probably a Dilla sample, and I can't think of the Dilla sample right now. Mm. Um, oh god, it's a it's a it's probably a oh the uh oh from donuts, um, samples. Uh, all I do is think of you. Who else did? Who else was? Who, um, uh, De La Soul. Didn't De La Soul do that shit? No, no. I'm thinking of another sample. It's a Dilla. It's another Dilla sample of De La Soul. I, I know dude. exactly I, what you're talking about, though. Um, I can't think of the. I can't think of the name of the Dilla sample. I, I mean, I can't think of the name of the De La Soul song, but. I think you know exactly what I'm talking about. I, I uh, the problem is I, I can't I can't stop at three. Extra Maestro, we're gonna this is gonna this is gonna be a Patreon. This is gonna be a Patreon. We could yeah. we gonna go off about this for about 20, 30 minutes. Yeah. We, we can do that. That's all we got? 20, 30 minutes for that? <laughs> let me let me get my shit lined up because I'm like uh, we gotta that's we gotta call cause for that. Uh, like Nah, nah. It, and it definitely <laughs> won't be 20, 30 minutes. <laughs> um and we have Night Shift Flexing who wants to know what scene from a movie or TV series 
absolutely ruined the whole thing for you. Oh goodness. Um, belly. Oh shit. The last scene, or or I'm sorry, I should, I don't know if it's the last scene, but but Nas and T Boz in the car. Yo, we should go to Africa. Oh God, yeah. Africa's far. No, what you know what's fucked up is the final scene doesn't even, they don't even show them going to Africa. They don't even show them in Africa. You just hear the narration over over New Year's Eve in uh, in New, in Times Square. Yeah. Yo, man, this is crazy. Africa is so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, that did fuck Belly up a little bit. Um, I'm sure there's more, but that one, that's the one that I always jump out in front of, like, if I really think about it, there's other things that fucked up Belly, but Belly yeah. is a classic for like, me. But Belly was one of those where I was willing to suspend a lot of that stuff. <laughs> right. Like, I, I was willing to suspend the fact that old girl was greased up for the whole movie. The whole movie. <laughs> I, I didn't care, man. I mean, that old boy had two gallons of, of Bud sitting in a bowl <laughs> just out on the table. I was willing to suspend a lot of that shit. Method Man getting his ass whooped. Got fucked up. Didn't he take a whole shotgun to the yeah, chest? Yeah, he just, it was just good. Yeah, <laughs> I was willing to suspend a lot of disbelief and all that, but at the end, my the, I drew the line at, "Yo, Africa's far." <laughs> Someone wrote that, and Nas rehearsed it and said that line with his whole chest, <laughs> or what? What passes for Nas's whole chest right. in acting? Um. Or where the little nigga just pulls out the gun and just tells him he's about to go rob some niggas and Nas just politely says, yo, chill. Yeah. Yo, chill. <laughs> you know, don't let these niggas out here get you down, fam. You know, man, you know, all right. Yeah, yeah. Belly was fucked up. Was one thing that fucked up a whole situation for me in a movie or television? So, y'all know I already hate power. I, I hated power from day one. But at one point, I was watching it just because just I was curious about the final episodes of what is now, I guess, Power Book One, or I, I don't know what I, I don't know how I don't know how the the Fifty Cent drug dealer cinematic universe works anymore. But there was one point where the white boy Tommy runs in on Turtle from Entourage, who apparently is a snitch or something, and just freely walks into. This lush apartment in Tribeca by the doorman with this enormous assault rifle goes up the elevator where I'm sure there are cameras and walks right in the front door and goes, you dirty rat motherfucker. And I said then, okay, this isn't fun anymore. I'm, I'm I'm done. No, thank you. No, no, we're not doing this today. Um, uh, another one. This is this could probably also be a Patreon, but um, there there are plenty of where I just where it just one point. Oh, probably probably anything that happened after X Men Two. Like there was so much bullshit that happened after X Men Two. The Wolverine movie, the X-Men Origins Wolverine movie. Yeah. Um where they made Ryan Reynolds into Deadpool. some version of Deadpool with yeah. laser eyes. And his mouth sewn shut. Yeah. 
I was at that point. I was pretty done. Yeah. Or when and, or the fact that Will I Am was in it at all. Yes, that was when I was done. That <laughs> is when I was done. Will I Am as a badass? I'm done. No, thank you. There was a lot of reasons to be done in X Men in Wolverine X Men Origins or whatever. Um, Zoe Kravitz in First Class. I was done. No, thank you. Or when the black dude that can survive anything didn't survive anything. <laughs> <laughs> he survived. <laughs> Kevin Bacon killed him in one move. Hey. Like, what the fuck? The fuck this bullshit. Um, so, yeah. Uh, thank you all for those wonderful listener lists. Y'all really stepped y'all's fucking game up after a drought a couple weeks ago. Sad we got to shame y'all into that. We thank had, you. But thank you. And also, y'all just know, some of this is going to be, I'm writing it down. Some of this is going to be the source of some Patreon content. Mark my words. Um, opinionswhileblack.com is where you want to go um, to find out how to get in touch with us. Opinionswhileblack at gmail.com is how you ask us questions. Go to opinionswhileblack.com, by the way, and subscribe. Put your email in the website. Mm-hmm. That's two warnings I've given you. Okay. Uh, time for the top three STFUs. Who are the top three people in America that need to shut the fuck up? Yeah. Number three, you niggas who want an apology about the ju- about Jesse Smollett. There are some niggas out here. Joe Budden, I swear to God, must be leading this charge. I, he must be. I, Joe Budden is entertaining when he wants to be. And, you know, he puts out entertaining content. But when it comes to actual thinking, I swear to God, he's the black Joe Rogan. Mm. And for anything outside of the music industry, black Joe Rogan. Um, So basically, there are people who swear who just want to who just want to do the 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 victory lap. Now that Jussie Smollett has been has been a. found guilty of getting himself beat up and wasting uh, the Chicago police's time. Um, And now there are people who the whole time didn't believe him and the whole time wanted to put him out there as a liar with very homophobic notions to it. And now they want us to all uh, suck their dicks for being right. Hear me. Suck my dick. I don't know why y'all even care. What? Exactly. Exactly. This didn't affect anyone. Not a single person. But Jesse Smollett. Not a single person. No one. Y'all are just mad that y'all paid more attention than you should have when it actually happened. Correct. When it happened, happened, I was like, I don't give a shit. Correct. And the people who did care, cared for a reason. I'm never going to let you shame me. For being concerned that a black man, especially a a queer black man, got beat up somewhere. That if I'm wrong about that and that really didn't happen, that's an L I'm willing to take. Yeah, I'm happy to be wrong about that. And and, and it's not because your intentions are wrong. Like if 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 it if it happened to be true, your intentions are still in the right place with it. Correct. And once you found out it was some fuck shit, you were like. Oh, that's on that nigga. Then. That's it. exactly. <laughs> I said from the beginning, if it didn't happen, he got to eat that L and he is eating that L. You'll probably see no prison time from None. it, but he has to eat that L. 
My problem here is I would rather be wrong about remaining what the the Hoteps and the New Blacks would call on code mm-hmm. than just be right about some bullshit. Right. Because what prize did you win from that? What satisfaction did you get from that? If you're getting satisfaction from some shit that didn't affect anybody, from somebody that you probably didn't fuck with the long way anyway that happened three years ago, and a pandemic and a a, 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 a world-landscape-changing election and all these things that happened since then, and you're still worried about that and being right about that, you need to figure out what that says about you. But do it quietly. Do it away from us. And please shut the greatest fuck up. up. Number two is Jacquees. He's still talking? The self-proclaimed king of R&B, and I hope he's talking about ribs and barbecue. Um, Jacquees sang the national anthem recently somewhere. We didn't need that. We didn't ask for that. We don't want it. Keep it the fuck away from us. Jacquees, this is a very simple one. Please shut the ultimate fuck up. up. (laughs) Please, God. (laughs) Danny's going to be. Danny's so mad. She rides or dies for Jacquees and says, We are just too hard on him. Why? Because she thinks he's talented. Give me one song, one original song (laughs) that he he sings that I need to listen to, to to convince me of that. Not you. Danny has to give it to me. If it was it, 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 if we weren't recording this late, I would call her and make her do that. I, I would, <laughs> but next time I'm going to do that. Just ask her to comment somewhere, and yeah, I, 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 got I, I will listen to it. I, I got it. Okay. Uh, number one, I don't see how we've gone this long, and this man hasn't been number one more often. DJ Academics. Mm. <clears throat> so. The human version of Boo Boo Bear. Is that it again? Uh, Tell me that nigga doesn't look like Boo Boo. Hey, Boo Boo. Hey, Boo Boo. The basket. I don't know. Oh, fam. So, um, who was Mark Wahlberg's friend? The bear? Who's who's Mark Wahlberg's friend? Oh, Ted? Ted, yeah. That's Ted. <laughs> no, Ted is kind of a G. Oh, yeah, okay. Ted's kind of funny. I'll, yeah. I'll give it to you. Ted's kind of funny, even though he's, you know, basically Peter Griffin the bear. Yeah, he's, like, he's Seth Farley. Right. So, um, so DJ Academics is at it again, um, acting, uh, acting tough to people that um, won't retaliate. Um, in this case, he was on some podcast. I don't even know. I don't even need to know the name of the podcast. These podcasts are getting worse. Like the celebrity, the celebrity and studio, the the celebrity and studio and mm-hmm. sponsored driven ones are getting worse. Yeah, they're just turning into a bunch of niggas in a uh, uh, too many niggas in a studio drunk with influencers. Correct. Everybody want to be drink champs now. Yeah. So some terrible podcast where they're talking about a bunch of nothing dj academics gets some girl mad and she gets up and and she gets up and starts cursing him out and she says she gotta go because she gotta take care of her kids and he says hey hey bitch go home your little necklet 
Yeah, he was he was he was very disrespectful. So right off the bat, calling someone's child a nigglet is grounds for an ass whooping. I just want to put that out there. That's grounds for an ass whooping right there. And they get into this shouting match, and more and more he just starts calling, because you a broke bitch, because you a broke bitch, because you need a center for your child. Go home, you broke bitch. My, go, go, go take care of your business, bitch. And this woman is, it's all she can do not to jump across the table and slap the shit out of him, mostly because there are tons of drunk people mm-hmm. and at least two to three uh, production assistants in between them. Trying to remove her from the premises. There were way too many people in that podcast. It just—it looked and sounded like a mess. It was—it was as big as this room. Yeah, this room that we are sitting in, and there were no less than twelve to fifteen people yeah. in there. It, and that—and even outside of there, where there's a video village. Yeah, there were at least fifteen more people. It, none of which looked like they were doing their job. All trying to film this on their camera phone. Yeah. So they can get some. So they can get some IG story time. It looked like it smelled like booty in there. <laughs> also, academics is very, very careful to talk shit to people that that he doesn't believe can whoop his ass. One hundred percent. I ain't never seen him talk shit to a dude with a fully connected beard. <laughs> I ain't never seen him talk shit to a supreme. <laughs> somebody put this. Somebody put this very appropriately. DJ academics. Called a woman a bitch 15 times in an exchange. Unanswered. Vic Mensa mm. called him a bitch to his face and said he ought to slap the shit out of him. And academics was as polite as he has ever been in his life. Yes. How so do you mean, sir? <laughs> please please share your thoughts and give us your and give us your retort. Sir. Academics is the highest form of bitch. I mean, it, it it is glaring, and it is time for everything DJ Academics involved to stop. Oh, is that it? Like, imagine sitting next to a dude at the table. Directly next to And the dude just calmly looks at you and just like, like and goes, I should have slapped the shit out of you on your podcast. Yep. And Joe Budden didn't say shit. Joe Budden looked like, oh, no, please do go on, sir. Let's let's see that. Let's elaborate, sir. Imagine someone comes on this podcast, sits directly next to you, and goes, Oz. As a matter of fact, Oz, I, I should just slap the shit out of you right now. We have to go to a commercial. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. <laughs> that was a, we can't use the most savage part. <laughs> Pour up. Pour up. And he hit some tussling. <laughs> oh, hell no. You just you hear a whole fight in the background. We're back. It's We're black. We're, we're down people. We're down one guest. <laughs> and, and we are drunk. And it is time. Like <laughs> Academics has made the full rounds. Being a bitch ass nigga. Yeah. And hiding behind he's basically been a, a perpetual sidekick. He's like the niggas on the Venture Brothers. Like when the like when the monarch was in prison and the butterfly niggas didn't have nobody to hang out with. Yeah. That is DJ Academics. And 
He's a sidekick with no one to sidekick to now that Joe Budden has right. has freed himself from complex. And now that uh Takashi is <laughs> in the deepest levels of witness protection. Not not really the deepest levels of witness protection because he won't allow for that. No. Anyway. I, and it's and and it's sad. The boy who looks like an evolved island boy <laughs> is not going to be anywhere <laughs> in witness protection. And now Freddie Gibbs wants to fight him. Freddie Gibbs, Freddie Gibbs and Acker about to have a boxing match. I'd pay for that. I, I think it's going to be free, but I'm still going to pay for it. Okay, if it's free, I'll, I'll watch it for free then. Freddie, Freddie Gibbs going to beat the fuck out of him. Freddie Gibbs looked like he would box him with a cigarette in his mouth. Still. <laughs> <laughs> like, just, like, remember in old school, Vince like, Vaughn doing gymnastics yeah. with a cigarette in his mouth. Like, Freddie Gibbs looks like a slim Levert. Like, he, he looks like a nigga that was born in the 60s and just, like, just stayed there. He looks like that Dave Chappelle character. That one Dave Chappelle character from the Dice Game. Ah, yes. You're just going to have to shoot me, nigga. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Act going to get bodied. Act going to get bodied so fucking hard. Act ain't done a, a push-up since third grade. <laughs> oh, man. This, this, nigga looks like, this nigga looks like he sweats Swiss Miss. <laughs> wow. Oh man, that nigga, that nigga's favorite color is cholesterol. <laughs> uh, that man is in twitch shape. <laughs> now, I'm telling you, you know you a bitch when Jesus and Miro want to beat your ass. That and they ain't got hands. <laughs> I mean, not even not whether or not they have hands, they just don't. They don't be out here trying to fight nobody. No. If Miro, a Man married with four kids saw Ack on the street. Now Miro might slide him. Miro will slide the fuck out of here. Miro might slide. Hell yeah. DJ Academics, you are literally the worst human being in the culture. You are a disease. You are literally a skid mark on the undergarments of the culture. Damn. That we cannot get out to save our lives and we just have to burn that underwear and throw it in the trash. DJ Academics, go away. It's time. Go away. Forever. Forever. Go away. Fall down the stairs and and hopefully hit Kevin Samuels on the way down. Shit. Please shut the eternal fuck up. No sides, no hot sauce, no mild sauce, no condiments. No napkin. No napkin. None of that. You, you know, that made me hungry because I've been wanting some hood fish. You buy we fry? Nigga! <laughs> hood, you know hood fish. I'm talking about and I'm talking about hood fish out the joint with 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 no seating room. No. Where the where the counter is just all blocked off by that bulletproof plastic that probably ain't bulletproof. <laughs> and you gotta put all your you gotta put your money in the little in, in the little thing, in the little yeah. cart thing. Yeah. That hood fish. Yeah. I'm talking about where they where they they pass off giving you vegetables. They give you two to, two tomato slices and three lettuce leaves. Yeah, and that's that counts as your vegetables. When you pick out the fish you want, and they go to the back to get a fish. And they, <laughs> hell yeah, 
hood fish, nigga. I wanted this one. Nah, this one, this ain't the one you getting though. The joint, y'all know what I'm talking about. Like the joint on uh, Almeida and Blodgett, number one chicken. And, is yeah. that shit still there? It's still there. I gotta go. Navy, I gotta go hey, get it. Nah, you gotta go to Navy Seafood. Oh shit! Patient and LJ. I used to stay across the street from it. Used was, to fuck it up. Oh, that shit was that was the joint. No matter what kind of fish you picked out, it was always going to be catfish. It was going to be catfish, whether you liked it or not, motherfucker. This ain't trout. What, yeah, it look like trout. It's it trout. It's trout. It's trout. It's trout. It's trout. It's trout. You buy, we fry. And they they charge you sixty cents extra for the same shit. <laughs> D. Randall, have we done a podcast? Uh, glad we did. God damn, we did a podcast. This was necessary. Yeah. This was necessary. I, you know, we. I came from work to do this. I came straight from work. Like I, I, like I came home, showered, changed, and came here. I don't usually like. I, I don't want to make a habit out of potting on a work night. No, potting, but I potting was necessary tonight. Yes, it was. My God, one of these days I'm gonna do. I'm one of these days I'm gonna do a whole. I hate my job Patreon. Um, that shit gonna be fire. Y'all gonna get your five or ten dollars worth or whatever, whatever we charge. Um, guys, thank you so much, uh, for sticking with us this year, really. Like, this has been a rough, this has been a rough year Mm -hmm. mentally, because it's like the recovery year. It's like, it's like the physical therapy thing. Supposedly, yeah. Yeah, it's like, you know, the, the, the actual rough shit happened, and then the, the physical therapy and the road back is rough. I can relate. The recovery. Yeah. And... The recovery is not done. The work's not done, but we're getting back on track. I think we're all, I believe that about us. We are all getting back on track and we're still going to be here. We make this vow every week. Yeah. We're going to be here. I ain't got nowhere to go. Yeah. <laughs> Except physical therapy in the morning. <laughs> we're going to be here to get through this together. Um, church announcements, D. Randall. Mm-mm. Y'all don't need nothing from me. <laughs> This is the third time I'm saying go to opinionswhileblack.com. Put your email in the subscription box. Subscribe to the email alerts because when you start getting them, they will be important. I'm just, that's three times in this episode I've said it. Man doesn't like to repeat himself. And you're going to hear it more. Yes, he does. I I don't like it, but uh, but I'm gonna get annoying with it because it's that important. It's that important. Is that important to y'all, the audience? Is that important to us, the content creator? If not, we'll send Vic Mensa to slap the shit out of you. To, to, to legit, <laughs> legit, he looks primed to slap the fuck out of you. <laughs> he already got caught up in some shit Vlad told on him on, so he, he he's, he's he's already upset. And we will be back next week. With more foolishness and fuckery. Until then, this has been episode... 163 in the place to be. Of Opinions Wild Black. I have been Oz. I am still D. Randall. And as always, forever imparting titties. (laughs) Clap for us, white people. Clap. They can only clap on the one and three. (laughs) (laughs) They they trying to figure out how to get it together. How to get on the same time. Bye, niggas.